Hello, welcome to Stop Questioning Everything, the official drug receipts podcast. We are the brand at the convergence of IRL and URL and the only brand consistently delivering mind-altering substance. We promote the pillars of art and subversion, science and skepticism, and community and sport. My name is Arlo Eisenberg. Today is October 17th. 2022, at least here in the States. It's already October 18th in New Zealand. This is episode number 19. Uh, and if you're here, then that means you know that we've had to put up with the delay. So thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for your patience and your understanding. We had some technical um, difficulties when we tried to originally broadcast last week, but we are here and we're going to bring you all of the content, including a complete recap of the Drug Wars finals. An epic final battle went down for the Drug Wars tournament. Uh, we've got some ghost stories that we'd like to share with you. I'm wearing my ghost uh, t-shirt uh, from Franco Shade. And we've got a very special guest. We actually have a ton of very special guests. Um, Dia is going to come in to help us with some skeptical content. We might have a surprise visit from a couple of um, our finalists from the Drug Wars tournament. And um, I think that the esteemed Brooke Howard Smith might be able to stop in for a few moments between um, boarding a yacht and deplaning his hovercraft. So we'll look forward to that. If you're listening on a streaming service, then we'll remind you that we are broadcasting on YouTube. So we'll have a lot of visual content, especially this one, since we are recapping the drug wars. We're going to show you the battle cards. We're going to show you who won. We, we're going to dive into the Drug Wars um, prize vault. So plenty of visual content to share with you. Oh, and we might be dropping uh, some serious alpha here. We might be dropping some Halloween uh, information for you. We've got a very special Halloween drop coming up. And we're going to share that with you as well as we get into our ghost stories. So you'll want to stick around for that. But also you'll want to check out the YouTube stream if you're not watching it now to see exactly what that looks like because it is very snug and cool. So let's uh, get into the routine checkup and bring up the rest of the team. This is the routine checkup is where we'll start. That is not, oh, here we are. not here we satisfying there, but here's Trevor, here's Jesse for the routine checkup. And guys, this is a special edition of the routine checkup. We're actually going to take it over basically and turn it into a drug wars recap, right, Trevor? Absolutely. It's uh, That's the ultimate Greg you've pulled on the whole lot. Everybody's tuned in and it's just going to be a recap. That's all we're doing today. You know, <laughs> we, uh, we have a whole lot on the show. So, so buckle in, get your favorite accoutrements and join us because we're settling in for the long... Oh, look who's arrived. On the oh, yeah. Hi, guys. Trevor, hey, not only Brooke, is this not just me. going to be a Drug Wars recap, but you're you are actually teasing, right, in your backdrop. Uh, what else is to come? We we are teasing the Halloween drop. It's going to be big. Speaking of Halloween, Jesse, who are you dressed up as? Uh, today, I'm starting off by being dressed up as a spa bear. So it's a bear who's enjoying a nice day at the spa. Oh, how precious! Thank you. It's <laughs> cool. Very sweet. And Brooke, obviously, you're a villain from Die Hard. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You have exactly nine hours. <laughs> great. Well, welcome everybody, Brooke. Welcome, this guys. It's it's taken. It's sort of been a long road getting here, but we finally have a podcast, and we're finally going to get to pay off the drug wars tournament. What an epic tournament! Was it, it is. was really outside of that one blip where it was unenjoyable for me. It was enjoyable for me. The whole thing was great. Well, Brooke, you'll get a second chance at it because we are one of the things we'll be doing in a recap is we're going to kick off the 
the uh, battle of the bosses. So you'll have a second life, a chance to redeem yourself. Can I use and you see it? Nope, not not in this round. You'll have to wait till the next drug wars. But yeah. you can use whatever propaganda you want. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. That's okay. better be quick because your battle is already. Or is it? Are you underway yet? All no, of them are. Should be all of oh, them. Really? All of them are underway. Yeah, I can see yeah. you there. You're taking on. Uh, I will get to that. Let's not let's not let the crypto walkers. Okay, we moving along. Come on, are going to go into no. the boss battles and officially launch them officially on the official podcast at the official time. Uh, so, shall we get into what uh, the wrap? Like, have a quick look at the finals or leading up. Let's let's start with the hors d'oeuvres. So we've got some other kind of mini uh, teams to recognize, right? So throughout the mm -hmm. tournament, we had different curated sets that were also competing. Um, we had the Team Tabby, we had the Cap Crew, the uh, Siren Squad, and the Rex Riders, and we also had DRX Set. And so we wanted to recognize the teams that made it the furthest for each one of those uh, curated oh, teams. Cool. Yeah. So let's take a. We can start with those. We'll take a look at those those teams and pay them off. Uh, the first one we're going to look at is the DRX Set, um, and this one actually there was a tie. Two teams made it to the same round. The mm -hmm. tiebreaker was the team in that round that garnered the most votes so this is the uh the drx set that means one of each character um made it the furthest you see that rex cap tabby and siren are all rec are, are all represented in this team so blue angels um congratulations and they made it to uh round four which was the uh the quarterfinals so yeah. blue angels representing for the drx set and the drx set was the inspiration kind of for the whole tournament and the reason yep. that, that they are built in teams of fours because mm -hmm. there are four characters. So that's kind of like the OG um, curation right there. There it is. Uh, and so we've got the uh, Siren Squad up next. Is that right? So that's the DRX set. And then we have a Siren Squad, which was Siren Getty out of here, was the last remaining Siren Squad in the competition. Well, Siren Squad's... Uh, represented yeah. in the tournament. You know, early on we said we, we were sort of advocating for Siren because Siren is um, the least represented in the collection. Uh, they, all the characters not, do not appear evenly in our 10K collection. Siren appears the least um, or appears least frequently. But mm -hmm. people did step up to the plate. We got quite a few Siren um, entries. And this one, Siren Getty out of here, made it the furthest, making it all the way to round four, also making it into the corner quarterfinals. This tournament made me love Siren even more because I started seeing how well you could curate them, especially that set with the, the yellow body and the, on the blue backgrounds and the yellow. It's very, very cool. And bro, yeah. we know that you infamously obsessed over your set. Uh, did you put together any Siren teams, any Siren squads when you were no, experimenting? No, I got obsessed with DRX sets, which like just added a massive, I mean, that, that always adds a layer of, everything adds a layer of trouble, like where you find out that there is like no version of a particular type of thing. Anyways, yeah, let's not talk about it. It's really upsetting me. It's hard work, right? Like it's a, it's a challenging thing to do, which is yeah, kind of Yeah, hard. 100%. When you see somebody do it well, it's, uh, it's hats off. Hey, there's a really good crew in um, watching today, like a, a whole heap of folks, and it's so good to see Landon back in there. And nice Hi, snugglers. Things. Hi, everybody. Yeah, hi, everybody. 
And for those who are following along in the Discord, and I don't know if you are, Brooke, but there is a drinking game going on. So Metaverse D cool. has posted the rules. Well, that's cool. I like that. That's awesome. So uh, if you're in Discord, jump into Mainline. You'll see what the rules are. Grab your favourite beverage. And good luck in two hours' time. Could be our thing, guys. That could definitely be our thing. Every time Arlo goes over 30 minutes or shows his nipples, is that what it is? A nip- that was one of them. drink. Yep, you've got a show foot, Brooke, and apparently that causes another... Oh, no, another let's not do that. Like not that. encourage that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if Brooke shows a foot, it's the entire glass, not just a seat. Now, um, knowing it, you've only got my brilliance for another four and a half minutes. All right, so let's see. So let's look at Team Tabby. Team Tabby was definitely one of the uh, more popular entries. Team Tabby and Cap Cruise definitely made up most of the curated team entries. So the, the Team Tabby that made it the furthest and that actually went up against the, the most successful DRX set is mm-hmm. Babes in Blue. Uh, here cool. a gorgeous dear, uh, Team Tabby set, all tabbies, all in the dark blue backgrounds. Um, and they also made it to round four. As mentioned, they actually faced um, Blue Angels, the, D- D- the DRX set in round four. So another quarterfinalist. So it's actually quite interesting because a lot of the curated teams different curated teams all made it into the quarterfinals. You had a team tabby in there. You had yeah. a, uh, a Siren squad in there. You had a DRX set in there. The only one that wasn't represented in the quarterfinals was uh, Rex riders, but we will get to that. So mm-hmm. the cat crew and cat crew was the most represented of all the curated teams, lots of great cap combinations and not surprisingly cap, whereas Siren is the least represented in the 10 K collection cap is the most represented. So there's, there's a lot of options out there. Um, and cap is original kind of drug receipts character. So it's fitting, but, um, the cap crew character or the cap crew team that made it the furthest is M and M's. And as we know, M and M's made it all the way to the finals. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Good for, for that. and okay. yeah, really, really beautiful. Are you saying that because you don't? Do we not? Uh, have we not announced who won? Is that you? Keeping not yet. No. Oh, okay. Nobody knows. It could be that team, or it could be a okay, green. Cool. Okay, that's exciting. Set something to. We know on. that they made it to the finals, and so then the 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 rounding out the curated teams here is um, the Rex Riders team, and they only the the furthest that any Rex Riders team made it was to round two, only the second round which is really surprising because there were some really good uh, Rex Rider submissions, including this one, Search and Rescue. Um, great curation, really good lore with these. Th- honestly, some of the best team names were Rex Riders teams. Yeah, um, yeah. so in the next Drug Wars, hopefully Rex Riders will have a better run because I think they definitely got the, the uh, short end of the stick in this, in this tournament. Yeah, totally. You're saying I can't enter my umbrella as a dangerous team, is what you're saying. And this, it's already done. It's already going with Green Bay. I, I know. I wish you could. I wish you would. That one I love a lot. Okay. We'll move along. Next my time. Umbrella phobia. Okay. Uh, so that brings us to the final recap. So can we just have a quick look at what the final matchup was? We only need to look at it for a second because everybody tuned in knows exactly what was going down. Uh, but the M&Ms or Mr. Nicely took on Make Love Not War, a.k.a. Mrs. Nicely in the battle that was House Nicely. Do we uh, have those cards? I know that this we was... We have those cards, I believe, to show so we can have a look at each individual team really quickly. So M&Ms looked something like this, as we saw a moment ago. There it is. And you'll also see the Make Love Not War team looking very much like this. 
Stay still, everybody. Like this. Stay still, everybody. What if we act out like the make love, not war? Um, which one? It's, it says make love, not war on it. I hope Joellen, we can describe it. Uh-huh. Do you know I was supposed to be doing a podcast with Joellen this morning at 7 a.m., which, which I told her about yesterday, which meant she woke up at like 5.30 to get ready for it, and the guest had cancelled. And so poor... Oh. That, that's why she's feeling under the weather now. So you you did it. You that's right. Like, you just leave right. casualties in your path everywhere you go, Brookhouse. It's I like to think though. I like to think of lifestyle. Joel, it might be that uh, that the the last graphic that we were putting together has the two teams. This there, so there it is, and uh, you can see the Make Love Not War team there. So this is the final showdown as it went down. And without further ado. Uh, let's reveal straight into Drum match roll. was. There we go. Eminem. So who remembers when I said I'd bet a hundred bucks with everyone that Eminem's going to win? I knew it. It's just too good. Yeah, you said that in the green room when we all logged in after we knew the results. Yeah, I think you're responsible for that. <laughs> I victory. said that they when you half their pot. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, listen, um, I am about to meet with TikTok about. Web3 login. with t- It's very exciting. And so I would not leave this for anything else. But just the notion of being involved in one more great drug receipts recap. In years from now, these will be studied, by the way. Um, <laughs> Can I give you one little this? interesting tidbit before you go? Mm-hmm. Because the final score on this, and this is not planned or we didn't, we didn't make this up, but the actual final tally on this, which the community will appreciate and love, was uh, 40 for Make Love not war and 69 was the winning score for m&ms there wow. it is of course in web like everyone knows my take on 69 right again yeah again still yet no one in the, the web3 community has done 69 ever not since know, web3 right, was yeah. invented What's that number yeah. again, Brooke? Isn't it the number of times you say it is directly proportionate to the... Oh, I, the, I don't know. It's, literally, it's, it's um, literally, when everyone talks about the rug pull, literally, it's the greatest rug pull ever was the <laughs> sense of like six to 69, the lack of uh, rug pull. Okay. Um, Hypersexualized well, listen, Web3 folk. I cannot wait to go back to YouTube and watch the next three hours on uh, 2.5 speed uh, it's going to be amazing. I appreciate it. everyone in the community. I'm going to play the drinking game as well. I'm just going to keep looking at my feet and Arlo's nipples and jump in there. Woo! Go for Show it. Show Brooke before you go for the See drinking you, bro. Thank you. Guys, we're replacing me with someone just so much better. Please welcome Jesse. Boom! Oh. I know. I, it's not Brooke Howard Smith, but you know it'll have to do. I can do an impression of him after a few drinks, so maybe we'll get there tonight. Just do it. Is it now your feet? If you show your feet, it's part of the drinking game, or is that different no. circumstance for me? I can't do that for free. Is, I don't know what still... kind of woman you think I am. If you think I'm not going to sell feet pictures as NFTs, you got me all wrong. We're not trying to keep this clean. Um, we're not trying to bring all the the foot fetishists into the. I mean, actually, I guess at this point, we're not turning anyone away. We'll take whatever uh, whatever advocates we can get. But yeah, oh. let, let's try and keep it. Let's try and keep I hear we're the, already the deep in, in the foot caliber of conversation elevated. Um, I think we have every brand that represents that subculture, aren't we? So I think Jesse is not the only guest we're we're bringing on, or not the only not the only other host we're bringing on. We have other guests to join us that can help replace 
uh, or fill in the void left by Brooks' absence. But we have the two finalists in the oh, uh, green room. Let's bring up, bring them up, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Nicely. Your audio and visual pleasure. Please yeah, congratulations, me. you guys. Welcome. Nice. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Hello, La Familia Nicely. La Familia. <laughs> That's so nicely, nice. congratulations. So hey, you finally did it. You got over the hump. No more second place for uh, for nicely done. No, but he's throwing his wife in there to fly the flag. Put that stigma to rest. What have the past couple of days been like in the household? Like, have you guys had a sense for who you thought might win? Has it been competitive at all? Uh, a little bit. A little. I mean, no, we've been cool. It's, you know. It's fun. Yeah, this 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 whole entire you know experience has been super fun, from from the beginning out the propaganda, coming up with creative ideas to you know to put out propaganda, uh, or, or or creating a song, orchestrating a song to put out for an anthem. Um, everything's just been super fun. I've had a, I've had a blast this last and a half. Awesome. That's great. So Cynthia, you're runner up. Um, we're gonna share your prize package with you here in just a moment. But I want to take a second to talk about your team because it was so cool. Congratulations on making it so far. You know, we've said in a couple of the recaps that, you know, looking at the teams at the beginning, yours probably would have been somewhat of a dark horse, right, early on. But then it started to gain momentum and, like, picked up the crowd. And I think largely on the strength of your messaging and the propaganda and kind of the lore around it. Um, talk to us a little bit about the idea for the messaging, how that came together, because it was so cool. To me, basically, I'm a love person. I love love and I love everything about love. So that's kind of where that came. It wasn't more like about peace. It was more just about yeah. love. So, uh, <laughs> like, you guys already know about the tattoos. And then she also has. Show it. Show it. Let's see it. Let's show see it. Show it. see the victory uh, knuckles right here. Lucky minute for all of Legendary. Legendary. Oh, I'm. Uh, she also has uh, do all things with love tattooed on her side. So on my ribs. So yeah, that's what, that's what it's all about. So really Can on brand for you. <laughs> yeah, there was so much of the drug wars because it's about wars, and there was so much shit talking. And we know at times it got really intense, like in the Discord and the communications. So that's why I think, especially people really resonated with having a, you know a nice space where you could go something that was counter to all of that. So well done. Cynthia, congratulations. Let's show what she earned for making it into the finals for the runner-up. So you've got a party bear in the camo fatigues. Um, you get a den where hopefully at some point your party bear will be able to go into. And you picked up a seeker with a drug receipt sticker on it. So very nice haul for, uh, for your troubles in the drug wars. Congratulations, Cynthia. That's done. Thank you. I'm and, so introverted. Uh, to be doing this is like it's it's a good thing for me because he's so extroverted, like compared to how I am. So it was very fun. It was a very fun experience to go out of my you know my little box and do this. And you were rewarded handsomely for your effort. There, so and you did amazing. You did, you did I think great, you were yeah. the dark horse of the race. I think everybody underestimated you. I think you kind of came out in the last of the rounds and. It was a little bit of a, you know, you guys set it up well as a bit of an afterthought and it came across as something that wasn't, didn't have the same amount of effort and everything, but it, clearly it was. Clearly you spent quite a bit of time putting it together. You thought through the propaganda and stuff and, yeah, you came out from, from out of nowhere and swept the floor. And so congratulations to you. It's awesome. <laughs> For me, I think that was the most, like, exciting part of the entire, you know, competition was coming up with creative ideas for, because initially when I started doing propaganda, 
it was just, you know, like a picture. It wasn't, it wasn't video, but then I saw everybody was coming with so much picture propaganda. And I know that, um, that savvy Sean, Sean came with some, some dope video and I'm like, man, it's mm-hmm. time to, we got to elevate our game with this propaganda. So yeah, then I started right. coming up with creative ideas to do, you know, and, and, and it, we, some magical propaganda pieces came up from that, especially hers. Hers, hers was awesome with the, you know, with the nicely, with the thing in front of the tank, like that was super mm-hmm. fire. I still so think I had the best propaganda. I think, I think, the I think you have had different approaches. So confirm a theory for me. John, I think yours was led by the idea first, right? You curated the card around the idea. But Cynthia, yours felt like the idea drove the card. So you had, you know, you would look at the tokens you had and then put them together and then from there you built it out, right? So was that the, is that the right approach? You guys had different yeah. ways of looking at it? Yeah, and it was, you know, it was just... You know, I mean, the back of the card, the, the story of the lower on the back card kind of really says it. Like, you know, with all these things going on in these troubling times, everybody's talking about war. We've had a bunch of dissension and division and chaos and, and discord. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's called wars. So everybody's going to war. And she wanted to take the opposite route and, you know, preach the, preach the love and peace, peace angle. So and it, it worked out for her. And I noticed, yeah. you know, he's not here right now for me to speak to him directly. But pretty sure, like you said, Arlo, <laughs> he won't admit to it. But pretty sure Brooke copied her card. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It looked well. It's not a bad card to copy, right? I mean, yeah, she yeah, she yeah. made it all the way. So if you're if you're gonna copy, you may as well copy the best. Yeah, Brooke had no real idea what he was doing. So <laughs> oh man, gotta love him. Gotta love that guy. Yeah, he's, he's not on the podcast anymore. He's not backstage. He's meeting with TikTok right now, so we can shit talk him all we like. Nicely, before we pay off and talk about the, the hall that you picked up here, because it's a, it's a nice hall, and that's kind of what we've uh, it's what we've been building up to here. You mentioned savvy flips. I actually went up against savvy in the the boss rounds. Um, he he drew me, and I was one of the few bosses that actually won, so denied him a prize. Um, but that's been weighing heavily on my conscience. So I'm going to go. The the prize that we put up is a hand drawn drug receipt, uh, which I'm giving you. Uh, but I'm going to do one for Savvy, too. I'll make sure that I get Savvy's address and send him one out as well. Because Savvy uh, was a really fierce competitor throughout and had some, you know, had a really strong contender. Um, we even mentioned it in his oh, yeah. recap, right? If not for his matchup, probably would have gone a lot further. Uh, so, so at least we can do I'll, I'll send him out a, a, a hand-drawn receipt. That's super dope because he went super hard with the propaganda, super creative. Yeah. And he, his message behind his card was comparable with Cynthia's. So. Mine was yeah, just Saturday, battle rap, yeah. you know. Mine was just Here's some battle rap and a great message. Yeah. Um, do you want do you want to see your your prize haul here nicely? You ready? Oh, I do. No need to show no, that. Too. Let's go. Right, so let's take into, into the the drug wars prize vault. Here you go. That all right, so you've got the fluff in full battle fatigue. You've got a sweep where you can uh, post up in. You can post your winning um, drug receipts team in your gallery there in the suite. And you've got the DRX skin um, RX pattern seeker. So very, very nice haul there. Congratulations nicely. Um, is this your first fluff? It is. It's my first fluff. It is. And you know what? I've had my eye on a DRX seeker since the day that it was announced so that's actually i'm super stoked about that as well it's a, yeah that, that's nice stuff right there the seeker the fluff getting a suite that's all really pretty rad um sacrifice my six seekers for goblins right yeah not financial advice but don't tell the suite 
Uh, dude, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Anything else we need from these guys at the bottom? <laughs> Is our audio just a freestyle verse? You got to throw down one verse, man, before you go. Come on, you can do it. Yeah, you drop some bars. Oh man, you put me on the spot with that. You told me that backstage, man. I would have prepared something. You always got to expect, right, that you're going to have to perform. This is, this is the responsibility of being an artist and a performer. You always got to be ready. This is the future. Oh, hang on. Do we, have a, do we have a trophy? Oh, yeah. How could I forget? So in addition to everything else, right, all the, all the prizes, you also get a – the very first – um, Drug Wars Warlord Trophy. You've now earned the title of Warlord for the next year. For the rest of your days, you will always be remembered as the very first Warlord. Along with the trophy comes, and I, I don't know if we've, I'm guessing we've said this before, but we've forgotten, we haven't um, emphasized it lately. One of the perks of being the Warlord is it's basically the same as having a one of one. Every drop that we have where the, the one of ones are always included with every trait drop. So now for the next year, you're included in every trait drop. That, that expires when we when we launch the next drug wars, right? So it's only while you're the reigning warlord. But for as long as you're the warlord, that trophy means that you basically have a one of one. Um, there's going to be an NFT Woo! of this trophy that. that we're going to issue to you. But there it is. First look at the warlord trophy. Congratulations nicely. That's there will dope. never be a first. Oh, there will never so again be a first. That is so sick. Yeah, it's super sick. And so that thing, um, there we're showing you the static image of it. But once you get the, the NFT, it's going to be a fully animated, you know, it's rendered in 3D. It's a really, really rad um, NFT there. So if you sell the NFT, you forfeit your uh, title, everything, brother. That's it. It's gone. If it's not in your wallet, you're out. Well, well, actually, we talk about that. I mean, the, the NFT is the NFT, and the NFT carries the perks, right? So whoever has that NFT gets the one-of-one -one perks for as long as they have it. It's only good for a year. I suppose if you want to trade it or sell it, that's up to you. Um, but the NFT, once the uh, once the perks expire, then it's basically just a rad NFT, and that thing can live in your wallet forever just as a trophy, a literal trophy on the wall or a trophy in your wallet. So that's up to you, but yeah, it's it's a nice, it's a really nice thing to have. And your that's, name that's, will always be with me for life. That's staying with me for life. You know, I was gonna say, I'm definitely bringing back M and M's to defend my reigning title next next drug war. So ho hopefully, he's so, allowed. We're allowed. I, I mean, I, I have to be given that opportunity, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think, honestly, we haven't thought through all the mechanics for the next Drug Wars, but certainly the winner will get an automatic bid, right? Probably will be extended to something like the top four. We'll have, um, even if even if they want to change their teams, they just get an automatic uh, space in the tournament. Um, so yeah, that, none of that is confirmed. Don't hold me to it. But yes, something like that will be will be worked into the next round for sure. And certainly the winner. You can you can you can quote me on that. The winner will be have an entry in the next tournament. Well, it sounds like I got a year then to come up with my next uh, drug wars anthem. It might not be a year, so don't rest on your laurels. It might yeah, not right? be a year before the next one. That's right. But no matter what, win or lose next time around, your name will always be at the top of that trophy. So as we go through this thing, we're going to add the next name and then the next name and then the next name. So you're always going to be at the top, brother. 
Congratulations, Nicely. Congratulations to Nicely household. Cynthia, John, thank you guys for uh, so much for being a part of Drug Wars and for coming in and celebrating the victory with us. Um, couldn't have scripted a cooler ending to this than to have you guys um, sweep the final. So thank you all for being such great competitors, such great community members. We'll see you all in the Discord and everywhere else. Congratulations, you guys. And Nicely, it couldn't have happened, honestly, to a better community member. I think everybody was rooting for you to finally get your win. And what a great way to do it here in the drug wars. So congratulations, dude. Love you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. And I wanted to say thanks to everybody who participated, everybody who voted, everybody who actually went out there and put in the work and created some propaganda and everybody who made drug wars what it was because it's been fantastic. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Bags are stacked now, Thank brother. You, Bags are stacked. Enjoy your new role on Discord. And that's uh, not the only, there'll be other roles that we're giving out uh, in Discord for our, for our competitors. So keep an eye out oh, for yeah. those. Mm -hmm. um, and now that is the, you know, that's the marquee event. Uh, the finals are done, but we do have one extra, extracurricular event that's for fun, um, but that we think will be pretty competitive and pretty exciting. You could see already, you know, the, the amount of investment that Brooke has in it. He's looking for some redemption from his boss. But now we have Battle, Battle of the, the Bosses, right, uh, Trevor? What's yeah. going on with this? Yeah, so this is big. Uh, this is community against community. There's no holds barred. So there's the only prize on offer here is the ultimate bragging rights. Well, we may have a few little twists and turns up our sleeve that we'll reveal uh, towards the end of all of this. But for the most part, this is just about bragging rights for the communities, right? So this is anything goes, bring everybody in, vote, vote hard as you can because the votes in the arena will be the votes that count. So first round, we've got 69 Mafia taking on Project Mayhem. We've got Greenpeace taking on Walker Blue Label. We have Fear the Nightcaps taking on Board Receipts and Menace to Sobriety taking on Roadrunner Racing. And all of those battles are live in the arena right now. So get to it, family. You're, we only have, what, 16 hours? 16 hours and 10 minutes remaining in those fights. So get in there and vote, people. Dude, it's so hectic. I mean, we've been, we've, everything's been so frenetic, getting ready for this, you know, this podcast, getting the stuff, you know, getting the trophy together. I mean, all the things that we've been doing, and I really, I want to get out at least a new piece of propaganda for the, the first round of the, the Battle of the Bosses. So maybe after we get this wrapped up, I'll, I'll try and get something out there, certainly in the next 16 hours. But yeah, Battle of the Bosses, kind of exciting. Indeed it is. Trevor, right. are you texting uh, Jesse? Uh, no, I'm, I'm actually sending messages <laughs> to some of the bosses that may or may not know that they're Battle of Oh, awesome. It's been incredible. It's been a like, wild ride, hasn't I, it? It's had moments of sheer excitement, moments of sheer frustration. There's been uh, some some beautifully creative strokes of genius, and there's been some call a spade a spade and call them pitiful attempts at creativity coming from people such as myself. But we have seen some amazing stuff over the drug war competition. <laughs> Since you mentioned that, we did have kind of a side competition because we had drug receipts team members in the drug. Uh, drug Wars tournament proper. We saw uh, Serengeti out of here, made it all the way into the quarterfinals, was a really stout competitor. Despite your, you know, your self-effacing humor, Trevor, you and Jesse both had really good entries. And, you know, it showed that you guys, right, you, 
y'all intimately understand the community, you understand the collection, and y'all were able to put together uh, cards that represented that or that reflected that, right? They're really smart, really funny, really cool, and right on brand. But we had a side battle for our team because you guys, none of us on the team were eligible to win the main prizes. But we put up a fluff and a party bear for our team members and Serengeti out of here did take down the top prize from the drug receipts community. So mm -hmm. uh, Acro, who was a formidable competitor, someone that everyone was afraid of before the tournament yeah. even started. We had our own little secret battle happening with Acro and Don, right? Where Jesse and I had to take exactly. on Exactly. Yeah, right. So, yeah, and that's how it played out. So Acro took the top prize, he picks up a fluff, and uh, Don took the runner-up for our drug receipts team, and he got a party bear uh, for their trouble. I said to me and Jesse, we just got drunk. <laughs> we were celebrating um, we just, spoils of war. Yeah, that's the spoils. You and, <laughs> spoils of you and Jesse are dancing alone to uh, to old Greg spinning the tunes. Yeah, hundred percent. Should I read the drinking game uh, stipulations out loud? Yeah, let everybody it? in on it. Let everybody in okay. on, the, on the drinking game. So, according to Metaverse D, she says, "Oh, gotta find it." The DRX live drinking game. Every time there's a negative comment in the YouTube chat, post an Eeyore image slash GIF and take a shot. Every time there's a visible nipple, take a drink. Every time Jesse closes her eyes and vibes, tag someone else to drink. And every time Brooke shows a foot, take a shot. For your intoxicating pleasure, the rules of the Drug Receipts podcast. So these are official rules. Every single time we do a podcast, this is a happening thing. And uh, we're not encouraging irresponsible use of alcohol, but we are encouraging irresponsible use of alcohol. I, I neglected to pay off. I said that uh, Serengeti out of here won the drug receipts internal team competition and Don picked up the, the runner up prize. But Don's team should be <laughs> nice, Trevor. Don's team should be acknowledged because it was no cap, which was an epic um, entry and submission into the, the drug wars um, tournament and provided you know one of the most legendary bits of lore with the the no cap we at war uh soundtrack that, that he dropped so congratulations to acro and dawn for being such seller ambassadors of the brand and such titans um of the community they they really rose to the the challenge there so Jesse, all we got left is the boss yeah. battles right that's it and then the drug wars is over and then drug war and then drug wars is on hiatus until the next go round but the battle card builder will always stay live so anytime throughout the year you can always be putting sets together you can be saving them to your gallery we will probably be introducing more frames will be one of the the game mechanics that we'll see some evolution um but although the drug wars tournament is coming to a close or has come to a close and then after the bat the battle of the bosses it will be over the Drug wars, the preparation for war never ends. So you can always be curating with purpose, um, always be putting sets together with the battle card builder. Um, and you can always be saving those gal uh, those uh, battle cards to your, your gallery um, and just waiting, you know, until it's time to, to enlist your teams into battle. Uh, so, so yeah, never stop collecting, never stop curating. And as you saw, it can be very lucrative to win. And... If you're if you're watching the floor like the best uh, the best um, team builders do, you never know when something pops up that is just the perfect piece uh, for a collection. And so you know, right? So those of us that are always watching, seeing what comes up, 
on offer. Instead of having to scramble at the last minute and maybe overpay for something, uh, if you can just be curating along the way, it really helps to do it kind of economically and a little more uh, with a lot, a little less anxiety. Um, there is one thing that I that isn't in run of show, so I'm going off book here. Uh oh, well, off script, right? Because off book means I know my lines, and there's fucking no way I do that. We are going to do a feedback round. We're going to do a little bit of a debrief and a and a kind of a you know rehash of drug wars to try and make it better. So every time we run this campaign, we want it to be better than the last time and offer more exciting things for people to keep them engaged. So please start writing down or making notes around your feedback for improving drug wars because we will be after everything and Jesse's going to open it up in the Discord at some point uh, to give you an opportunity to feedback all of your wonderful ideas, good and bad, negative and positive. Let's uh, share it all so that we can go away and learn from the first campaign and make it better and better and better as we go forward. So, yes, write down your ideas, keep them handy and get them to Jesse when she opens that up in Discord and, yeah, we'll read them, I guess, and maybe talk about them. Awesome. Maybe. Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah, we learned a lot here in the first round and, you know, there's lots of room for evolution for the next round. So we, we look forward to everyone's input. I think that concludes our recap. Jesse, I know that there's some other more general community news. You want to get us into that? Uh, I mean, yeah, just real quick. If you guys... Um... As you know, we are a really small team, but we have been pretty actively trying to build our presence on Twitter spaces and we can use all the help we can get. So if you feel like you have something you want to say, you want to lead a space, um, feel free to DM me or any of the meds and um, let us know what time slot you'd like. And we can start building out some programming around some ideas you have. But other than that, we are going to, you know, our community spaces will keep going and the after hours unofficial naughty spaces uh, with me will keep going as whenever there's not really a time for them. It's usually really late night in the U.S. and early morning over on the European side and mid afternoon for your Auckland. So that'll continue as normal. But yeah, we have a lot of stars in our community. We have a lot of people that um, I feel like are leaders and have incredible personalities and are just amazing. So whatever we can do to help foster that, to grow that, to encourage that, to include it in our Discord programming, then do let us know. So, But other than that, Snugglers, I mean, this has been incredible. It's been an incredible month, really. No doubt. Jesse, thank you for that. Um, and uh, thank all of you for your support, your participation in drug wars and for voting. Remember, anyone who voted on the drug wars, you are eligible to win a fluff. We've given away a couple of fluffs already tonight, one to our drug receipts, uh, uh, you know, the, drug, the, the winner of the drug receipt side competition, also to the main winner here, um, John Nicely. Uh, but we are also giving away a fluff to... Um, some Anyone who votes in the competition, it's just a lottery. We are, we are putting together a lottery, right? All you have to do is vote in the drug wars. And you are still eligible if you vote in the Battle of the Bosses. So keep getting in those votes for the it's Battle mad. of the Bosses. And at the end of it all, we will give away one more fluff to some lucky um, winner just for participating. It would be amazing if somebody just voted once and won the fluff. Like, it's possible. Be, it's possible. But wouldn't that be amazing, right? Because there's been some, like, I've voted in every single battle, right?
right? Obviously, we all have. You know, I think my chances are good of winning the fluff, but maybe not. Maybe it's just some random, you know, person from an outside community that comes on in, casts one vote, and boom, taking them a fluff. It's a huge prize. Huge prize just for voting. Well, we will be revealing the winner of the fluff on the next SQE podcast, which is taking place next week so (laughs) um with special guests yeah Yeah. it'll be our episode three days before our really cool event that i can't wait to tell you about later in the show um but our we will be joined by the old greg not greg old greg there's a distinction between the two Mm -hmm. we hope so for the most part at least one one of them you one of them you don't want showing up to your parties and the other you do. You absolutely do. So we'll have the one that you want at your party. And just a note or a suggestion for those of you participating in the drinking game, um, or actually this is a petition to the, the rule writers for the drinking game, but thank you, Trevor. Um, but since Brooke is gone, I suggest that you replace Brooke's foot with Jesse's knee. Um, you'll yes. probably get a little more mileage out there of it. There it is. Oh, back to back three. Is that three? That would be like a knee. Like that bicycle riding thing that you do at the gym, and your knee will just be coming on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. <laughs> awesome, Jesse. Thank you for that. So, uh, we're actually going to say goodbye to Jesse for now, but we are going to uh replace her. Not that she's replaceable, but we're going to bring on Dia as we get into the ghost stories and some skeptical content and some Halloween alpha. So, a lot of exciting stuff. And Jesse's going to come back a little bit later in the podcast, so you'll have a chance at seeing her knees and. Um, participating in the drinking game a little later on. But for right now, let's get into our controlled substance, a spooky edition of our controlled substance. If we were a little more on it, we would have had some scary music there. But Mia, coming to us on location, where are you? Oh, yeah. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Mia. Hi. (laughs) Can you hear me okay? There's kind of a lot of traffic here. It's sort of weird. We, we, we don't hear that traffic. We can play Well, when I knew that you were doing, uh, you know, we were going to do ghosts and it's Halloween and everything. So I trotted myself over to the most haunted house in the world. Close. That's the Winchester wow. Mystery House here in Jose, California. Built by uh, <laughs> the heiress Mary. I think her name is Mary Winchester. I'm not sure of her first name. Supposedly haunted by Mary. all the souls of the dead people from you know are killed by winchester rifles <laughs> which is a lot which is why i guess let me tell you i am absolutely 100 convinced that ghosts exist so you know maybe you and i can can chat <gasps> about this controversial I, i've had I wonder if gonna... these experiences stand that uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence but um you know i thought we could we could talk about it here what do you think well you're absolutely right yeah i am skeptical of those claims i'm skeptical that the house is haunted at all. Um, I definitely think that there's some interesting info to get into about the legend and the lore of the Winchester mystery house. And yeah, if you have any, uh, any claims that you want to explore, we are here for it. That's what, uh, it's (laughs) why we're here. It's why skepticism exists. And we're happy to apply our, our, you know, our critical thinking skill set um, on the Winchester mystery house. Dia, is is that the house behind you? Good luck, Trevor. (laughs) Unfortunately, the Winchester Mystery House is, it's on the other side of the street behind me. Um, so they closed up and they closed the parking lot and it's dark <laughs> and there's no Wi-Fi. So I'm now- Well, Dia, we've got your back. 
Good. <laughs> We've got your back. Um, Joellen, can we show the Winchester Mystery House? There you go. I mean, look at how far back it goes and to the mm -hmm. sides. I mean, it is this sprawling estate. I mean, it's really it's gorgeous. Um, but the this is sort of the, the inspiration or the genesis of the lore behind it is that the widow of, of the Winchester magnate, William Winchester, right? He made his fortune selling the Winchester rifles, Winchester guns. Um, Dia, right, alluded to the lore, or the, the, the history surrounding the home or the legend surrounding the home. Um, they say that the home is haunted um, by all the souls of all the people that lost their lives to guns, right? And mm -hmm. part of the lore is uh, that Sarah um, Winchester, the widow, who went by Sally, we'll refer to her as Sally Winchester, oh, Sarah. that she moved into, or she actually moved into the house and started building it after um, her husband was deceased. And so that she consulted with a medium um, before moving to the house. And the medium told her, you've got to keep building uh, rooms in the house. You've got to keep building the house to make space for all the souls, you know, that were lost to um, basically your husband's enterprise. And don't ever stop building, um, essentially, because if you ever stop building, then you're going to die. And so that's why this house allegedly stayed under construction for many, many years. Um, there are staircases that go to nowhere, windows that open to nothing, windows that open into other walls. I mean, it's sort of like building just for building's sake. And by all appearances, it looks kind of like, uh, uh, you know, um, the result of some kind of psychosis or it's some kind of insanity. Um, and so all kinds of legends and lores have cropped up around it. In particular, um, sort of speculating on the state of Sally um, Winchester's mind, uh, you know, what's going on in her mind. And it's become a major tourist attraction, as Dia said, right, the most haunted house in the nation, if not the world, certainly famous for being that. Um, you can get, there are tour guides, there's all kinds of tour uh, propaganda and literature that's been published about the house. And it talks about the lore, it talks about these things. Are you familiar with the idea? I know you're right there. Do you know some of these, uh, some of these myths that have been per perpetrated about the house and its construction? Um, did yeah. Sally have a, yeah, I know Disney, a Disney fetish? Like the house looks like something out of oh, a Disney movie. Like right? like, let's build Aladdin's palace in the middle of uh, San Jose. All right, sorry, I'm, I'm getting us up. I'll not be the last time here, and I apologize in advance. She did actually live in it. That was her That was her personal residence, just if anyone's Red wondering. Mini mess. She did, yeah. And I, um, I'm not sure what exactly you've got. I know she had... Um, like 13 chandeliers, you know, in the dining yes, room and exactly, things like that. Exactly. So. so there is there is an alleged obsession with the number 13, right? Which ties it into kind of like spooky lore. So as you said, the chandeliers in the house all hold 13 candles. There are 13 bathrooms in the house. There are 13 windows, 13 ceiling panels, right? 13 coat hooks in the home. So all these recurring instances of 13, which look like evidence for some kind of like spooky or, or deranged um, motivation. Another one of the uh, alleged phenomenon or uh, uh, curiosities of the house is that there is a blue room in the center of it. Um, and it's alleged that this blue room was like a seance room. Um, where they would hold nightly seances hosted by Sally Winchester. 
Sounds um, like that'd be a pretty packed party, right? Like having a seance in right with all the ghosts like, in the house, <laughs> like a nightclub. Right. It's a it's a perfect place for it if you want to host them. Right. You, ne you can never Greg be lonely spinning. in that house. You've always got company. Get old Greg spinning some discs at the uh, Winchester house for uh, for a seance. That'd be a crazy yeah. Halloween party. I mean, if it's open to parties, it would be a great place to host a party. No doubt about it. Especially an overnight. I think party. you can rent it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think definitely you can. be interested in that. Probably. Next year's Halloween party, Jesse. I know you can hear me. Next year's Halloween party <laughs> is in that house. Please make that happen. That would make be so epic. Happen. Let's do that. Of course, the greatest synth, the greatest inspiration for all of the lore and all of the spooky stories cropping up around the Winchester house is the house itself, as we mentioned. Sort of the uh, you know the maze-like structures, um, the endless construction. Um, the small stairs, the, the, the uh, stairs that seem to go to nowhere, uh, doors that open to nothing. And so all of that looks like it's, you know, when you hear the backstory, well, she was told by a medium that she had to just keep building. Um, she was trying to, uh, you know, make it difficult for the ghosts or the spirits to find her, right? That she had to keep them confused. I mean, all these things kind of sound plausible when you see the actual construction of the house. But being the good skeptics that we are, we're going to look a little further. Uh, we're going to look past the alleged stories and we're going to see what if there's a real truth of the matter that can be discovered here. And as you might expect, there is. There are alternative explanations that fit the evidence a little better. Um, so first of all, the number 13, all of the things that you can point to, I think say for one, there might be one instance, which I think is probably fairly trivial, like you know, uh, tiles in a bathroom or something, or maybe it's the ceiling tiles, uh, occur uh, 13 times. But all the others, the, uh, the chandeliers, the coat hooks, the windows, um, uh, all, all the different things that, that uh, occur in 13s were all done after um, Sally's death. Uh, construction on the house continued um, after she passed away, uh, mostly because it almost immediately became a tourist attraction. And so the people that took over the property and that were going to open it as a tourist attraction, they kept building on it. And so a lot of the uh, additions and amendments, especially these things that, uh, that are, uh, have this 13 motif, um, were not done in Sally's time. They, they were not uh, done according to her direction. So that kind of pokes a hole in that theory of her being obsessed with the number 13. Um, similarly, the blue room at the center of the house, which allegedly were held for seances, there is no evidence that Sally had any interest in the occult um, or ever hosted or conducted seances in the house. And furthermore, the blue room at the center of the house is known to have been the office um, of her personal longtime gardener. Um, so far from being a room to host seances, it actually was just a, a, a home office for her gardener. And there's even more to this idea of Sally not being um, someone who is particularly interested in the occult. Um, the entire origin story of Sally having visited a medium um, before she moved to San Jose from uh, her original hometown where she lived with her husband, which I think was in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, but there is, so there was a story written, I think probably maybe 1967, um, you know, many decades after Sally passed away. Um, but so this book that was written 
um, alleged that Sally had met with the medium and the medium was the one who told her about, you know, she must keep building. Well, so people, historians and investigators since then have searched for any evidence of this alleged encounter between Sally and a medium in Boston. They've gone through the records of all the published uh, mediums and occultists in Boston around that time. There's no record of the, uh, the medium that was named. Uh, his name was Adam Coons, if you want to investigate it yourself. But in the, in the story that was spun about uh, this alleged encounter, the actual medium was named. And so there's no record of an Adam Coons uh, in Boston around that time. There's no evidence of Adam Coons having been a, uh, a medium. And there's no evidence of, you know, Sally Winchester having an encounter with Adam Coons. And in fact, there was no mention of this encounter anywhere in the entire history or lore of the Winchester house until this book was written, written in 1967. And uh, uh, Sally Winchester died in 1922. So it's like over 40 years that went by with no mention of this alleged origin of this myth. So pretty easy to discount that is just, you know, the, the, uh, the pure fictional uh, fantastical creation of a writer in 1967. But now the real twist ending to all of this, because even then you might say, okay, well, you know, Sally was, you know, the victim of psychosis in her. And this is another, um, another anecdote or um, uh, legend that is spun to account for this strange mystery of the Winchester house. But it's, well, Sally was so riddled with guilt over her husband's um, business, you know, selling these guns that are responsible for, you know, so many lost lives that she, uh, she just kept building this, you know, she kept building onto this house, kept building these rooms as a way to try and kind of like appease her own guilt. And so that is not true at all. Uh, first of all, whatever we may think about guns now or whatever, whatever opinions you have about guns right now, um, the fact is back then, the prevailing, um, the prevailing uh, feeling and sentiment towards guns was that they were for survival and that they were for um, protection. Um, and that they were seen as worthwhile and essential. And, you know, there wasn't the same uh, misgivings that a lot of modern people might have about guns now, um, although not everyone shares those feelings. So she was not riddled from guilt. And so here is the real twist ending uh, about Sally uh, Winchester and her house. Um, and this was pointed out to me. It was funny, um, Dia, when you, when you let me know that you were going to be at the Winchester house, and that it could be a part of this broadcast. But I had recently had a conversation with another one of the skeptics in our community, Stephen. Uh-oh, Dia's been possessed. It's <laughs> She's spooky. Haunted. She's suddenly hanging like a bat from the ceiling. What happened? Sally Winchester has possessed her, has possessed oh the broadcast. Come back. Your life was going to be in danger by sending you into an on-site broadcast here. This is terrifying. <laughs> but so one of our other skeptics, Stephen Powers, he mentioned a podcast that he listened to recently, a great podcast series called Skeptoid by Brian Dunning. I recommend it. I recommend it. It's very, they're very short form podcasts. Each one's probably around 10 to 15 minutes and they cover hundreds of topics. There's, you know, over 800 episodes um, by now and they cover everything. So you can always, you know, do a search on Skeptoid for any extraordinary claim that you have any interest in or that you're curious what the skeptical take on it is. But so there was one recently posted um, about, the Winchester house. And it was kind of an update on the Winchester house. So the, you know, this alternative explanation that even if it wasn't ghosts or even if Sally wasn't building on the house 
obsessively because of, you know, her, because of, some medium told her to do it. Um, she probably still was doing it just because of this guilt over uh, the, her husband having sold so many guns. Well, that also was not true. And sometime in the 1950s, um, a master historian um, from San Jose State University, uh, the state university where uh, the, the house is located in San Jose, um, by the name of uh, Bruce Spoon, um, actually made his thesis, The Winchester House. And when he looked into it, what he found is, you know, Sally, uh, Sally Winchester, for all the things that she's known for now, in her time um, and before her death, she was the nation's greatest female philanthropist. Um, because her husband passed away and because she took over the state, um, the estate, uh, she was wildly wealthy. Um, and she gave away a lot of that money to philanthropical causes. Um, and one of the things that she did, another object of her philanthropy, was that she employed hundreds of people at uh, the Winchester House, which she called um, the Yanata Villa. Um, so she employed hundreds of people to uh, help her build and maintain the Yanata Villa, the Winchester House. Um, and this was at a time when there was wide unemployment in the Bay Area, um, double digits unemployment. Um, the people that she employed were largely immigrants. Um, and back then, immigrants, you know, were in the Bay Area, you know, these were largely uh, um, Dutch, Chinese, Japanese, Italians, Irish. Um, the the Asians back then probably were the most uh, maligned or marginalized um, minority in the area. There wasn't a significant black population. There weren't a lot of Hispanics um, or Native Americans in the area at the time. Um, but she paid her workers well. She gave them housing. She paid them uh, very nice wages. She even gave them uh, paid time off if, uh, if it ever got too hot to work. She took care of her workers and there were hundreds of them. And so that more than anything was the reason that she kept building. Even if the building, you know, even if the staircase didn't go anywhere, um, that was less important to her than constantly finding work or providing continuous work for these hundreds of people that she was housing and providing a living wage to and that she felt responsible for. Um, so the sad uh the sad reality here, the sad irony is that this woman who devoted her life to doing so much good and whose real legacy should, should be such a triumph of, you know, philanthropy and the human will and generosity instead has been subverted and uh, co-opted by these absurd, um, spooky, uh, uh, pseudoscientific narratives, um, about ghosts and goblins. Um, and so it has, it has uh, stolen uh, uh, Sally Winchester's legacy. So if we do nothing else here in this podcast, maybe in some small way, we can help to restore um, and honor the, the proper legacy of uh, Sally Winchester as a philanthropist. And also maybe hopefully it can be a cautionary tale um, to not give too much credence to um, to wildly spun stories, but instead always take the care, put in the extra effort to look a little deeper and find the true story because sometimes the
the true story uh, is is more deserving um, of our attention than than the fantastical one. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Thanks for broadcasting and doing whatever insane camera things it is that you're doing from out there in front of the Winchester house. <laughs> My favorite bit so far in this podcast is how you seamlessly carry through knowing that deer was on screen in a weird landscapey, portraity kind of thing that's going on there where she's sideways for everything and looks very stretched like a ghost. Uh, Dia's broadcast is yeah. definitely haunted in the camera for sure. That, I think it's outside that house. I wonder if you go from it 5G is. to like 13G as you walk past uh, the Winchester house because of the obsession with uh, 13. So I retract everything I said. It is definitely haunted. Dia's broadcast is proof of that. I retract everything. There is some very, very extreme evidence happening live on the Drug Receipts Stop Questioning Everything podcast. Did you know that this could break? We could be about to break mainstream news, CNN, Fox Media want to get a hold of what is causing the spookiness that's going on in our podcast right now. Every time we cross live to our on-the-site reporter, She's upside down or sideways or all over the shop. It's clear she's been possessed and been overtaken by the spirits that reside inside the house. Well, hopefully we'll be able to get Dia back on because we have the results from our Skeptics and Sinners competition. Um, later this week is the annual Skeptic Conference, which will be held in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Flamingo Hotel. Some of us from the Skeptic, I mean, from the drug receipts community are going out there. Dia will be there. Uh, I'm going. Steven, who I mentioned, um, one of the, another skeptic drug snuggler is going, my daughter, uh, is going out there. Um, oh, and yeah, her boyfriend. Nice. Yeah. And the, oh. Lulu's my daughter, Lulu, her, uh, her skeptic professor who teaches a course in skepticism is also going to be attending it. Uh, so we'll have a nice little posse out there. Um, <laughs> Trevor, are you possessed? Um, I, is, are, are we, uh, announcing this right now? Like, is this, is this competition still running or are we, do we have a winner? No. So the, yeah. So the competition is over, but I listen, I've got to manage expectations here. We are not sending anyone to Vegas. That, that was the grand prize along with three drug receipts, NFTs, one representing each of our, our, uh, our, our skeptical traits, the Ecri candle, um, Occam's razor and the flim flam glasses. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Um, it turns out that the, the person who won, uh, declined to be sent to Vegas. I'm um, not surprisingly because now the timing has gotten so compressed, it's really hard to yeah. uh, arrange travel, but especially if you are traveling from overseas, uh, which was the case here. Um, but uh, I'd love to uh, get into the competition. Let's show you, we got some really interesting um, submissions. And if Dia comes back online, we'll bring her on. But in the meantime, we'll jump in and we will show some of these. Well, so the first one, we're not going to bring the first one up because it was it was a written submission, a really nice essay. Um, and it's actually from a friend uh, or a colleague of Dia, someone that she um, brought the competition, brought it to their attention. And they submitted a really cool kind of X-Files type uh, essay, you know, about these uh, investigators looking into um, a, a seeming possession at a, you know, at a Catholic church um, with, you know, priests rising into the rafters, you know, and mid a, you know, a, a glowing light and all, you know, uh, and it, it, anyway, the, the story is interesting. We'll find a way to post it so people can read it. And it kind of has a, a skeptical um, outcome as the, the skeptical investigators look into it and uncover the truth. 
almost like a, an episode of Scooby-Doo. Um, and that was submitted by J.D. Jacobson, uh, a colleague, uh, a friend of Dia's. So thanks for that submission. I wonder if, the, if J.D. will allow us to put it in the Discord. We can publish the, the article. In yeah, the I would think so. I would think so. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a fun read. I enjoyed it. Um, the next submission, which I do think that we can show because it is a comic, but it was a four panel comic from a uh, user named Agent Blocktones. And these submissions are taken from Twitter. So I think I'll be referring to their Twitter handles. Um, wow. And I'll just read you through this real quick. And uh -huh. maybe if someone gets it, y'all can explain it to me because I didn't even really get it. That's how dense I am. But the first panel says it has these two professors. It says, yes, everything is fine. Don't worry. Um, and the other professor says, are you sure there is nothing to worry about? And the first guy says, it's chemistry. That's for sure. And the other guy says, okay. And they've got this chemi uh, chemical compound or structure written on the chalkboard behind them. In the next panel, they say, they don't look too bad. Uh, and then a drug receipt character, Cap, pops out of a vat and says, wait for me. And the other professor says, is that still normal? Um, and now you can see another drug receipt, uh, Siren walking out of the panel. And now you've got Cap, you know, the murdered out caps on bombs dropping from the sky. As one of the professors says, don't worry, it will stop. They won't work anymore. And then the final panel, one of the professors says, I still don't have to worry as the Rex um, drug receipt character holding Occam's razor runs out of the panel saying, give us the formula or um, as the speech trails off. So an insane four panel comic, which yep. again, I have no idea what it means. And I'm sure that that is on me, uh, but... <laughs> If you want to pop into the Discord um, and offer any insight, if you can shed any light on that, I would love it to hear it because it is lost on me. It's fun and cool and wild, but I don't know yeah. what it, I don't know what it said. Trevor, do you That's know? Awesome. No, I, I I enjoyed it. Maybe I'm not on enough of a heavy dose of psychedelics uh, exactly. to truly understand it. But uh, <laughs> maybe once the doors have been cleansed properly. I'll, uh, I'll see that comic for what it truly is. But no, it's, it's pretty outrageous. Uh, Agent Blocktones, if you're around, please jump in the Discord and let us know what that is all about. All right, so our next and submission... Thank you for your entry. Fun. It's kept us all guessing, and we've had lots of enjoyable conversation about that crazy and bizarre entry. So, yeah, please keep them coming. I, I can't wait to see what, how, you know, what people come up with or how it's deciphered. In fact, I'm sure that will be you know, half the fun. Um, yeah, exactly. Our next submission is from a, a cherished um, community member, Nebuchadnezzar, um, mm -hmm. and who, who expressed some concern because the initial, in the initial timeline, Nebu didn't have time to get an entry in, but we extended um, the time for entries. And so really happy to see that Nebu got something in. Um, yeah. And for the, we're going to give you some highlights from this, but to see the full post, I encourage you to check out the Twitter thread. You can go search for hashtag... Uh, um, DRX skepticism and you can find all the entries or you can go to the drug receipts um, Twitter account and you can look for uh, you can look for our skepticism posts and you'll see all the replies but so this was a really cool entry from Nebu um, and you can see this image this funny image that they put together it's got yeah. all the drug receipts traits in there the Ikri candle the Occam's razor flim flam glasses and that's my face photoshopped on uh, what I'm guessing is Jesus right this well, this, uh, here's the thing. We don't know. This is an extreme claim, and I think we need some extreme evidence otherwise. Do you have I, I can, I can scar. assure you that I'm not the Messiah. Do you have a scar below your right nipple? Yeah. Um, where, they, 
made women from your extra rib. From my ribs, yeah. Did, did I uh, get that right? Is that what that cuts for? I'm really not very good at this. I'm commenting. It's been a so. while since you brushed up on your <laughs> yeah, your biblical history. Yeah. Um, Acro in the comments is saying WWAD. What would Arlo do? I de I advise you not to consider what I would do in most circumstances. That's probably not going to lead you in the right direction. Uh, but a really a, a really cool, funny um, photo composition there from Nebu. But uh, Joanne, let's bring it up a little bit more, or let's bring that image up one more time because I'm going to talk to you uh, through some of the things that Nebu added. So, in, in addition to the image, it actually most of the submission was was a really cool long entry, well thought out. But so Nebu describes what each of these skeptical traits mean, um, and he sets it up by saying, "See the way, cut to the truth, follow the light." Right, already teasing what each one of those traits refers to. See the way with flimflam glasses. Cut back to the truth with Occam's razor. Follow the light given off by the Ikri candle. And then uh, Nebu expands on that, um, sets it up by saying, drug receipts offers tools of combat buried within its collection, representative of methods that support healthy skepticism. Three traits represented in the imagery prompt us to think carefully, clearly, and skeptically. And then he describes each of them. Number one, Occam's razor. Our razor, Occam's razor, reminds us that there are layers to everything. Not everything is always as, as it seems on the surface. And then for number two, the Ikri candle. When found in the dark, we can find our path via the light of our Ikri candle. This candle helps us illuminate characters making sensationalistic claims by demanding answers at a minimum. And then number three, the flim flam glasses. Finally, we are gifted with flim flam glasses these glasses help us identify BS and assist us in viewing concepts much more clearly. So really cool entry from Nebuchadnezzar. And as I said, there's actually even more to it, which will get reposted in the Discord if it's not in there yet, but you can find presently um, in the Twitter thread. So very cool. Thank you, Nebu, for that. Um, what I really I'd like to Nebu, I really think Nebu is um, going to emerge as one of the most engaged sort of skeptic community members, right? He seems to be uh, really interested in it. And I've had a couple of conversations with him that dance around the subject matter. So I, I wonder if we can get a skepticism Twitter spaces or something happen and get some of the members of the, uh, of the drug receipts community that are really into it to come up and ask their questions and propose their topics. Or if not uh, feeling confident enough or happy enough to get up on a Twitter space, there is the channel in our Discord, for those of you who haven't discovered it yet, where I see there's a whole lot of conversation around some topics that look like ripe for sceptical analysis. Well, you're exactly right, Trevor. And it's come up in our, we have a weekly sceptical uh, meeting with, uh, with Dia and my daughter. Um, but absolutely, there is, I think, a need for a skeptical, a regularly occurring skeptical Twitter space because so many of the conversations really need kind of that long form exploration. It's hard to always have to stop down and put it into writing uh, in the skeptic channel on our Discord. So if you had a more open forum where people could discuss their ideas, yeah. Um, so, and, and the fact that Jesse has kind of put out an open call for people looking to host um, community and project related Twitter spaces, I think now is the right time to really organize a, a proper dedicated skeptical Twitter spaces for drug receipts. Um, yes. Yeah. And Absolutely. there's no shortage of topics. You're right about that. 
All right. So um, speaking of sceptical uh, analysis, what's this uh, other entry that I saw the Flim Flam Man all about? Well, so one other note about, you know, what you were just talking about, the fact that, you know, Nebu has shown a real interest in skepticism, right? All of the entrants here have expressed an interest in skepticism, mm -hmm. uh, but not all the entrants, and not surprisingly, understand exactly what skepticism is. All the more reason, right? To It's why we have these kinds of activations. It's why we need to have the Twitter spaces. It's why we have the channel in our Discord. It's not just so that skeptics can talk about skepticism. The reason all this exists is so we can bring people to skepticism, expose people to the tools of skepticism, walk them through critical thinking, um, teach uh, people, let them learn about uh, critical uh, or, or uh, logical fallacies um, and cognitive biases. All the, you know, the foundational elements that you need to be able to, exp uh, to examine um, claims critically, especially extraordinary claims. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more as we talk about one of the other entries. But first, we will look at the Flim Flim Man. So this is the winning entry. I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, uh, give a spoiler here. But this is the winning entry. So we in Drug Wars, we saw some really cool um, propaganda, right? Two great soundtracks uh, from, from No Cap and from Eminem's. Uh, so we got a cool uh, soundtrack here in the Skeptics and Sinners competition. No and this is taken from the position of a, a scammer, right? Of the confidence man, of the snake oil salesman. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a, a song sung by the person basically who is running the scams. And uh, a, a note about this, like this is a uh, kind of like an, an exercise in what's possible with Web3. But so the, the beat for this was taken from um, a drop from Gino the Ghost and another collabor collaborator named Michael Morrow. Um, but yeah. they dropped a series of tracks on the blockchain that people were able to uh, purchase the NFTs of, and then you get the licensing rights, oh, yeah. you get to use them. And so Gummy the Incendiary, who is the the uh, the mastermind behind this next track we're about to drop, um, say, got one of the they, NFTs, and that that was the backing track for this song. Are they the same person that put the the name sounds familiar? I'm, I might be off track, but the Gods and Goblins theme song was Gummy the Incendiary the one that put that forward? I don't know. That's a great question. Mm. Yeah, let's look into Getting that. Up in the comments but, below. Yeah, and while while we wait to hear the verdict on that, let's Joel, let's go ahead and play the Flim Flam Man. Flim Flam Man. Welcome to the future. Don't be scared. Do your own research. Get prepared. Skepticism, don't believe them, ask your fan. Cause I'm the F-L-I-M-F-L-A-M, Flim Flam Man. You can't look into my eyes. I reflect, I deflect, I disguise the lies. Nonsense, foolish, swindling, cheap. Offers of an airdrop beat. FOMO inspiring, free mint contract signing, hot wallet fear declining, don't be caught crying or whining. It's a confidence game, who's to blame, got no shame, what's my name?
the flim flam, man, flim flam, wham bam. Save them if you can. What's your plan? Where's your asses gone, damn? It was a scam. Don't believe the flim flam. Damn. Sorry, <laughs> that's so cool, huh? So many talented people in our uh, in our community, right? It's, it's lovely to to see them pop open every now and again and say, uh, "Here, drop this," and uh, yeah, our repertoire. We're gonna have to have a Spotify playlist soon, right? On that, we're amassing a really rad catalog of drug receipts tracks, no doubt about it. So that was Gummy the Incendiary on vocals and wrote the really awesome lyrics, which we will post the lyrics. Uh, we'll get those into the Discord. You can also find the lyrics. Gummy the Incendiary posted those on uh, his Instagram post as well. And I mean, actually, the, the phrasing was pretty clear in the song. So we, I think most of us got to enjoy it. But if you want to recap the lyrics, you can look those up on Twitter and we'll get them posted in Discord. And as mentioned, the track was by Dino the Ghost, another prominent figure in the, uh, the Futureverse ecosystem. So cool Web3 collaboration going on there. Uh, that, was, that track is from the Block Tones, uh, at Block Tones. Um, and as mentioned, so Flim Flim Man won, uh, won the Skeptics and Sinners competition. When I mm -hmm. reached out to Kami the Incendiary to let him know he won and to talk about arranging travel, um, not only is he overseas, so it was it would have you know would have been a little more difficult logistically, but we still could have made it work out. But he informed me that they have a 20 week sonogram scheduled, so they are expecting. So they have a very good excuse for not traveling right now. So congratulations, yeah, to uh, Gummy the Incendiary. On, yeah, on congratulations many on many levels, and thank you for nominating me in your place to go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll be sure to send you plenty of pictures as I uh, rock my way through Vegas and the Skeptics and Sinners Conference. So, thank you, Gummy the Incendiary. I appreciate it. So, despite that, we, you know, Gummy's going to get the three drug receipts NFTs, and to everybody that entered, we're going to give a subscription to. Uh, um, the Center for Skeptical Inquiry, CSI, they have a regular magazine that they put out. Um, we'll get everybody a year subscription to that. And I think something else that I'd probably like to do is, and maybe we'll get this, we'll sort of hammer it out and get it up in the Skeptic channel. But honestly, anybody that wants a subscription to this magazine that's, in the, that's a drug smuggler that's in our community, we'll get them a subscription to it. I mean, our, my mission more than anyone else is to expose people to, to critical thinking and to mm -hmm. skepticism. So if there's anyone that has interest in it, I am happy to, to help feed that interest. So- I'll take one. Yeah, you, <laughs> done, done. We'll get you on the list. Um, we'll just have to create kind of the, the uh, infrastructure so we can capture addresses and stuff. But the, I, we should be able to do it probably digitally. I guess we'll, as I said, we'll, we'll sort out the details. If people want the print issue or if they want the digital issue, We'll sort that all out. Um, but so there is one other submission here that I'd like to talk about. Uh, so, sorry, I'll uh, yeah. put your name in the Discord channel for skepticism if you're interested in taking up Arlo on that offer and you only heard about it on the podcast. So only you watching now get that. So, yeah, go in the Discord. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we had another great, super well uh, thought out um, uh, entry from Timbu um, on Twitter. And again, this one, the, the, 
because it, because of the format of Twitter, right? These things are all posted in Twitter threads. Um, so you can get in there and you can see the entire threads. But I'm actually going to read you this entire thread because I think that it's an interesting uh, post and it leads into some conversations that we want to have and also plays on some of the conversations that we've already started here with Trevor as we talk about skepticism and as we talk about the opportunity before us to uh, expose people and to train people up who have expressed an interest in skepticism, um, but who for whom there might still be a gap between you know what what they're looking for and what they uh, what they've been exposed to already. So this submission from Tim Boo goes like this. When I look at the world with my eyes, I start to brood. Do I see correctly or am I being fooled into an illusion? I'm insecure and hide behind a general opinion. Don't attract attention. Don't offend. Don't question anything. But is that correct? Wouldn't it be better to question the given and predetermined things to form your own opinion? So much has happened in the years since I've been in this world. Why is naturopathy being pushed back more and more? The pharmaceutical industry has risen to become one of the most powerful players in the world. From the destruction of the natural human immune system, destroyed by the increasingly processed foods in which there is hardly anything natural left. Weakened by the ever-increasing destruction and exploitation of our nature, commerce reigns supreme more and more to the point where man realizes that money cannot be eaten. Suddenly, a virus is around the corner and the whole world is in a panic. As if conjured out of a hat, the pharmaceutical industry delighted us within a very short time with a gene vaccine, and the world was vaccinated. Studies that usually last up to 10 years, we do not need. Clean with it, and even the people who would never eat anything genetically modified are being given the injection. The immune system needs to be boosted. Let's go, again and again. So I put on my flim-flam glasses and take a closer look. Oh, what must I see there? The world is not what it seems. Powerful players are at work here, controlling the fortunes and direction of this world in their favor. They sit in their castles on the mountains, meet regularly, hatch new smuts, pull the strings and control their installed puppets. I make the world how I like it. You can buy anything and anyone, anyone with money, and so you do. I put the pieces of the puzzle together, follow the white rabbit deep into the burrow, and I'm amazed at what I discover. The flim flam glasses cover my shocked wide open eyes, as well as my reddened from crying, as well as my eyes reddened from crying. Seeking the truth is not for the faint of heart. Not everyone can handle it. And for many, it's better not to delve too deeply. But who, like me, loves the truth and can cope with it? I should get my own flim flam glasses as soon as possible, put them on and take a closer look. And when the truth gets to be too much, I also take off the flim flam glasses for a moment, treat myself to a few beers, something to smoke and forget all the shit with good loud music. But once you dive in and track down the truth, you just wanna keep looking. Courage is contagious. Be skeptic, let's flim flam. So no doubt there are many of you out there that are pumping your fist and going, yeah, hell yeah, right on. Love it. Nailed it. Um, and right you should. It, I mean, it's a very, um, it's, it's a very uh, rousing uh, message there. And it's honestly, it's not that far off from kind of what Nebu was advocating for, which is why I think this is such an important discussion and why I think skepticism 
education is so important because our idea here is not just to expose you to the, uh, the notion of skepticism. Our idea is to train you in the tools and the techniques of skepticism. And most of what Timbu said there, um, as earnest and as um, righteous as it was, and I love the spirit of it, um, it is not skepticism. In fact, most of it is, is the opposite of skepticism. And what I mean by that is uh, Timbu has, uh, and listen, I'm not, my intention here is not to call out Timbu. This is most of the people that come into the skeptic channel. This is kind of how they envision skepticism. People think that skepticism means looking at the world differently or looking at the world deeply, uh, critically, taking a, you know, a skeptical eye, which it kind of means that, but it's more specific than that. It is a trained um, and deliberate way of looking at claims. There, are, there is an actual skeptical toolkit there, and it, it, it takes its tools from the methods of science. So these are methods and tools and techniques which have been honed over hundreds of years and which have give us, given us incredible um, advancements, you know, things like uh, um, vaccines and penicillin and, uh, you know, a, a, a longer lifespan, a higher quality of life, um, eradicated diseases, um, you know, GPS, you know, your microwaves, all these things, the fact that you can take a flight, um, the fact that we're not all dying from scurvy or measles or mumps. I mean, all these things are owed to scientific advancements and through uh, systematic um, investigation of, of claims and of evidence, um, beginning with the scientific, scientific revolution in the 17th century and, uh, you know, the realization that, um, uh, that real gains can be gained through empirical observation and evidence. Um, but so what most of the claims that uh, Timbu is making in his screed here, most of them are extraordinary claims that are not backed by the evidence. Uh, so what skepticism is exactly, right? When we, the, what, do you know what ECRE's candle, what the ECRE candle stands for? What ECRE stands for? E-C-R-E-E. -E. Extraordinary claims require extor extraordinary evidence. This is one of the pillars of skepticism, a key uh, skeptical axiom or maxim. And so Timbu has touched on a lot of extraordinary claims, uh, right? That the vaccines um, that have been released to address the COVID virus, that they are dangerous in some way, or that they've not been thoroughly vetted um, or not properly tested. That uh, genetically modified organisms or ingredients are somehow dangerous or less than or not good for you or are dangerous for you. And I, I, you know, I could even see Trevor, I'm sure, pumping his fist to some of these things, especially when you start talking about, you know, the American diet or the state of, you know, American food or, or, or modern food. Or, or even uh, naturopathy, right? This idea that, that alternative medicines or natural medicines or natural remedies are better than the, the, those things being peddled by the pharmaceutical industry. Um, and maybe you can point to some quibbles with, you know, the state of big corporations. Maybe there are some things there that are, that are, there that are unethical, and that may be. But there's nothing specific about the pharmaceutical in industry and their, their manner of business that necessarily makes them, you know, more... Um, subject to scrutiny or that makes their product um, less safe or less reliable than any other corporation. You know, the people that make your toilet paper or that make your Q-tips or that make your uh, baby food. If you're going to make these extraordinary claims about the safety of genetically modified foods or against the safety of uh, pharmaceuticals um, or against the, you know, the, the safety of 
uh, vaccines, then you've got to have really good evidence um, to support those claims because the claims for all those things is really good. A lot of research is done for these things um, before the, their release. And all that research is open to the public. It's, it's reviewed um, by other scientists uh, and all that is out there. And I'm not saying that all these things are, are beyond review or reproach. Absolutely. You should be, you know, you should question everything. You should do your um, due diligence, research these things. Uh, but so far as I'm aware, most of these claims as they've been presented, when you look into them, the evidence for the extraordinary claims being offered here uh, does not stand up to scrutiny. So our skeptical channel, and once we get this skeptical Twitter space off the ground, will be perfect forums. If you have evidence for the, any of these extraordinary claims, we can get into them and we can really look at them with a skeptical eye and see what's there and see what stands up to scrutiny. And as skeptics, we don't stake ourselves to any position. If genetically modified food or genetically modified organisms, for instance, are bad for you, it's not, a, I have no skin in the game. I, I, you know, I, there, I have no vested interest in wanting GMOs to be good for you or not. Um, it, it, in my reading of it, it seems to be that all the evidence is that there's, they are, they're not nutritionally deficient or inferior in, in any way to the other, um, to naturally um, grown foods. And uh, they can be, if they can be grown more efficiently and for a better price, you know, all those things, um, then, you know, uh, all the better. Um, but if the evidence says, hey, actually, hold on, they are dangerous or that they are dangerous for agriculture, whatever the argument against them might be, then we're open to it. As skeptics, we want to see that evidence and evaluate it, and we'll, we'll make our uh, um, evaluations from there. But we always, as skeptics, we always follow the evidence wherever it may lead, and that's critical. Um, I, I, I suspect or I fear sometimes when I read something like this that all the evidence is not there, right, that we have not there, there's not an evidence trail that can lead us to these conclusions that we can all follow. So that is the challenge in front of us. That's what we're trying to do with drug receipts is to give all of you the same skill sets, the same toolkit, so that when we look at these things, if you say, hold on, I am nervous about the state of uh, food in the US, or I'm nervous about you know the, the quality of modern food, uh, we can give you the toolkit. We want to give you this, the tools to approach those claims skeptically, see what kind of research, what kind of data is out there. And then we can present our findings to the group and we can look at these things together. So you've got um, some fundamental kind of first line mechanisms, right, that you can apply pretty quickly to kind of anything. I know we've talked a little bit about it, but just for the people who have no idea and maybe just as in finishing this, because I know everybody in the Discord is, is screaming for alpha and they all want to know why I've got this particular background on camera today, uh, which is coming. So, it, you know, hold on to your seats. But before we get into that, can you maybe talk a little bit about some of these tools that you're talking about and what they mean and, and, and so people have got somewhere to start before we get into it uh, more in the uh, spaces and, and on Discord? Sure. Yeah. Just really quickly before we get into our, our ghost stories. Um, but we talked about the ECRI candle, right? A little bit. So that's one tool. Extraordinary claims re require extraordinary evidence. And so we've talked about the value and the importance of evidence. And we've also talked about, you know, using the skeptical tools to help um, vet and qualify that evidence. Uh, another one that, and there's only three in our collection, but another one is Occam's razor. And um, I'll go back to Nebu's um, post, but Nebu said, you know, that Occam's razor is reminds us that there are layers to everything. Not everything is as it seems on the surface. So again, alluding to this idea that, you know, we can peel away the layers or we can cut through the, the surface presentation in order to find the real truth underneath. 
And again, I think this gets to kind of the general uh, misreading or misunderstanding of skepticism that really what it is, I think most people at first blush think it is a, a call to arms or an admin and, uh, um, uh, an admonition, admonition um, to, uh, to not take things for surface value, right? If, if the government or the man's telling you we put a man on the moon, hey man, don't, you don't have to believe that hype. Uh, there's always something deeper under the under the surface. You know, use uh -huh. Occam's razor to cut away, to cut through the bullshit. And that's not exactly what Occam's razor means. Uh, really, what Occam's razor is, is a way to, it is a way to cut the bullshit, but not by cutting away the surface layer. What it is, is when there are multiple competing hypotheses, what Occam's razor tries to guide us or steer us toward is the, Hypothesis are the, the suggested solution, which requires the least amount of speculation. So the less stuff you have to make up to, to uh, account for something, then typically those answers will want, those are the answers you want to be prefer, that you will want to prefer. Um, so in the case of uh, ghosts, for instance, since we're mm -hmm. talking about ghosts, and we already talked about the, you know, the mysterious Winchester house. So if you have this mysterious house, Right. And this heiress um, and this widow who's uh, who's built the house. Um, and we have two competing theories. One is that she is, you know, she has been consulted by a medium who's told her that there are ghosts in the house. And in order to, to keep the ghost away, uh, she is building all these rooms uh, because the house is haunted. Right. It's the most right. haunted house in the in the world. <coughs> and she's trying to confuse the ghost. Um, another competing hypothesis is that she is a philanthropist and that she um, employs hundreds of workers and she wants to keep them gainfully employed. Um, mm -hmm. And so if just building, even if sometimes, you know, not always crossing uh, your T's and dotting your I's to make sure that, you know, everything is perfect, but if they can just keep building, then it's worth it to keep them employed. Um, and to never, if, if it means you're going to keep, you know, const construction going on a house indefinitely for years where everybody around you thinks you're insane, right? Surely you could have wrapped up the project within, you know, 20 years, but you just keep building. But yeah, if you keep all these people employed, then it's worth it. Um, so between these two key competing hypotheses, using Occam's razor, which one do you have to speculate more about? Over here, you have, uh, you have uh, Sally Windsor. We, um, and we know that she's a philanthropist, right? So we don't have to speculate about that. She gives to other charities. We know that she employs hundreds of people. You don't have to speculate that, about that. They live on the premises. They're, each one of them is a person that you can, I, you can look at their own historical records. Um, we know that she's a philanthropist, so it makes sense that she'd want to keep them employed. Um, and we know that they kept building the house for years, and they all, they, you know, they all made a wage. So no, there's no speculation required there. On the other side, you've got this medium that she allegedly met in Boston. Mm -hmm. There's no record of that medium. Um, you have the notion that ghosts have to exist in order for them to be haunting this house. So now you've got to speculate about ghosts. What are ghosts? What are they made of? Do they mm -hmm. emit energy, matter? Are they made of matter? Can we trace them? Uh, if you know, if they're if they're conducting seances, then they've got we've got to speculate about how they communicate with hu with humans. So mm -hmm. once you start going down this rabbit hole, there is so much that you have to speculate that there are no not only they're not answers to, but we don't we aren't even sure what the questions are. So between these two hypotheses, Occam's razor says, which of these two uh, competing hypotheses 
uh, requires the least amount of speculation. And it's clear that the, 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 um, the promoted or, or the proposed hypothesis that she's a philanthropist employing hundreds of people for years requires the least amount of speculation. So that should be our preferred hypothesis. That should be the one that we give the most credence to. And it doesn't mean, this is not a, uh, a scientific rule. It doesn't mean that the, the Occam's razor will always guide you to the right answer. But the idea is you're trying to cut through the bullshit. And as mm -hmm. a general rule, usually it will steer you in the right direction. And so in this case, I think that it, it is borne out. Um, but that is actually what Occam's razor means. We try to prefer, give, give preference to the solution that requires the least amount of speculation. Does that make sense? 100%. Uh, what about, we're talking about ghosts, we're talking about ghost stories, and I can feel we're very close to getting to, get to the, the crux of this. Uh, Let's talk about ghosts, yeah. And, and the bit that everybody's interested in. So I want to kick this off with a ghost story that I have. <laughs> okay. And this is, this is completely off-runner show, so Arlo doesn't know that I've, plan to come like and tell the story when i lived in queenstown when i was younger we had a seance and it was the first time any of us in the room there was my brother myself and a couple of other friends of ours it was the first time any of us had decided to try a, a seance so we made the you know we we asked friends how to make a ouija board and we set it all up we had a candle in the window by an open window we had a candle in front of us we had the, the board laid out and we all joined hands and we did the seance thing and something happened that night that I, to this day, as I sit here, I cannot explain. But we asked, we started asking the questions of this spirit. We called for a spirit to come and talk to us. And then we started asking questions of this spirit. Mind you, none of us have any idea what we're doing. And then suddenly the little token we're all holding starts to move around and we're all saying, stop moving it, don't touch, you know, don't try convince that somebody in the group was just fucking with us all and messing us around. But after a while, we realized nobody really was trying to, that we were all desperately trying to understand if this was real. And we started asking the spirit questions. And at, at some point, the spirit started telling us the story of the, of, of the spirit's life and how they'd OD'd on heroin and had died young and uh, that they wanted us to send a message to their family to tell them that they were that they were safe, that they were watching over the family, and that they were happy that everybody had found happiness. And we asked back, you know, how do we contact them? And she spelt out a name. And then we these this was back in the day when they had phone books and the internet wasn't a thing. So that's how far this story goes back. But we went into the phone book and we found the name that she'd spelt out and the phone number and everything. But we never had the guts to ring that person because, you know, that's such a crazy thing to do, right? We've just been in a seance talking to your dead daughter uh, who's asked us to send you this message. So none of us did it in the end. But it was a very, very compelling instance of something paranormal happening in our environment that I still cannot to this day explain. So I thought I'd share that as a way to kick off this conversation about ghosts. Can we use, can we apply Occam's razor to your, your experience there? Let's Would you like to do it? Let's see. Uh, let's see what you've picked up. So we have two competing hypotheses. What? Tell me what they are. Uh, one is that there's a spirit in the room, and, mm -hmm. and the spirit's talking to us. And the other one is that somebody's directing the the uh, token around and pretending that they're not. Right. That, in my mind, that's the two possible scenarios that one of the group is is doing this. And of those two hypotheses, which which requires more the most amount of speculation? Of course, the spirit in the room. Why is that? 
because there's no compelling evidence to document that spirits exist. There's no scientific basis that I'm aware of. There's a lot of images that suggest paranormal activities happening on. There's a lot of what ifs and smoke and mirrors and maybes, but there's no compelling, uh, you know, scientifically based evidence to suggest that, that I'm aware of that suggests ghosts exist or that spirits exist. Not only, not only scientifically based evidence, but there is just no evidence that stands up to scrutiny of mm -hmm. spirits or ghosts. I mean, there, as you said, there's a whole lot of stories, just like the one that you've shared. And there's a whole mm -hmm. lot of blurry images, you know, and uh, grainy or, or uh, muffled audio recordings. But there's We've nothing. We've got some images, right? We, we can show that talks a little bit about this. Have we got some images in the in the? We do have a historical story? image, yeah, of a ghost. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, so Trevor, right. So spirits requires a whole lot of speculation. What are spirits? Do they exist? How, how would it be communicating with you? You know, if it, right, because anything that happens in our reality in physical reality has to be acting on some kind of, you know, force, right? So what force are they using to interact with you, to move your hands? And if mm -hmm. that force exists, uh, if, because clearly they're moving the token or they're moving your hands, then that is something that should be measurable. And, and right. to... To, to this day, no one has uh, come up with either a plausible mechanism for how they're doing it or anything that can be detected or that has been detected. Um, yeah. One final piece of evidence that I witnessed in this particular session, um, which, again, I can't explain. So we had a candle in an against an open window and we had a candle next to us where we were doing the, the seance by the, by the table and we asked the spirit if they really existed to show us a sign in the candles. And as uh, honestly as I'm sitting here having this podcast with you right now, the I could see both candles in my plane of vision and the candle on the floor next to us extended to about a foot in height. It went paper thin and then it folded at 90 degrees. So the flame itself went about a foot in height, paper thin and folded at 90 degrees. And the candle in the window didn't move. So that was something that we all saw. That was when everything came to an end. That was when we all freaked the fuck out. <laughs> that was the end of the seance. And we swore we'd never do it again. But that was some very strange, unexplainable. So, yeah. And so here I think it's important, right, to point out a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, explanations that uh, require you know, caution before we, we jump to conclusions. But so some common, uh, common reactions given these circumstances, you know, uh, we oftentimes we confuse um, something that is unexplained with something that is unexplainable, right? Mm -hmm. So just because we don't know what the explanation is doesn't mean that there isn't an explanation. And that doesn't give us license then to jump to just what is the most incredible, least plausible explanation. You know, it could have been any number of things, changing circumstances in the environment, in the room, you know, whatever it was. Um, and to leap to, well, evidence of ghosts is just sort of, you know, that is skipping a whole lot of uh, other more plausible um, explanations along the way. And then the other, the other sort of the other side of that same coin is this is called an argument from ignorance, right? Just because yeah. we don't know what the explanation was doesn't mean that there isn't an explanation. People do this all the time, right? When they are looking at strange aerial phenomenon, right? And they don't know how something could move like that. 
just because you or I don't know, can't can explain the physics of it, doesn't mean that there isn't an explanation. And again, it doesn't give us license then just to jump to the least likely, least plausible explanation. Well, certainly this is evidence of intelligent life visiting you know, our, our atmosphere. Um, there usually are much better explanations. And even if we don't know them, they're probably out there. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I still am not convinced despite that very compelling and very bizarre experience. I'm still not convinced that, uh, that spirits and ghosts are a thing. Um, but I've definitely had my share of moments in life where I've gone, hmm, can't really explain that. Going to leave that one up to maybe someday there'll be an exp explanation. Uh, well, and you know what? It's, I mean, listen, and it, it is fun. Like if we you know, say we ever could pull off a party at the mysterious Winster, uh, uh, Winchester mansion, right? We would get that? into that. And that's part of the experience, right? In fact, what you described, right, is we prime uh, our behavior. We, we turn yeah. down the light. We light candles. We set up the Ouija board. And all these things are, you know, priming us for, oh, yes. you know, an expectation. We expect for weird stuff to happen. Yeah. So any yeah. noise we hear, any any anomaly in the in the candles, That's we're going example. to take it all as sign or evidence of something. Whereas if, exactly. you know, if we were, if you were, you know, at the offices of Otterfish, whatever, and you heard the exact same things happen, you know, if you heard the exact same noise, you would not give it a second thought. You would know it was something outside or a neighbor. You know what I mean? But get, once you have these spooky conditions, we, we are primed to interpret all these things as more meaningful and more ominous than otherwise we would. Yeah, it's kind of a confirmation bias type thing, right? Where you kind of- Absolutely. You want, you're looking for an outcome and you, you, you chase evidence that proves that outcome and ignore evidence that doesn't uh, you know, contribute to the story that you're trying to tell. Um, yeah, so-, so Quick statistic for you, Trevor, because you're not alone. Uh, how many people do you think believe in ghosts? I mean, I mean, give you some. I've got polls from 1990 all the way through 2019. And believe in ghosts. Yes. How many I people think... believe in ghosts? And the, the wording for these things does kind of matter. Um, the first two polls that I'm going to cite are actual Gallup polls. Um, and their wording was they, they were asking for people who believe in ghosts, who believe that there are ghosts or spirits of dead people that can come back in certain places and situations. So that would mm -hmm. fit, you know, the criteria of what you had there in your seance, right? This is some mm -hmm. kind of spirit that comes back and for a certain situation and can make their presence known. Um, in 1990, fully one quarter of the population uh, believed in those kinds of ghosts or spirits, uh, 25%. Mm -hmm. In 2005, when they asked this again, it went up to 32%. Gallup hasn't done a poll on this question specifically again since then, but there's another um, quite credible uh, 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 polling resource um, called I IPSOS. And they did a poll in 2019 and it risen all the way to 46%. Wow. And, yeah. I think so there's no question us. that as a, as a, uh, a population, we are getting more and more credulous um, more and more likely to believe incredible claims, and we see exploited. We see it exploited right in in politics and in marketing, um, yeah. where, right? We, where we are just open to incredible ideas and not. We, we just don't even care about evidence, quite honestly, anymore. We just sort of adopt the claims that we want to believe, or that align yeah, with our world. This, um, this growing kind of socio-cultural problem where we've become headline readers right so yeah. our attention spans and our and our need for explanation have reduced to headlines and and you know less than 15 second video clips and we see one of them and are convinced that 
it may or may not be true and we go on our and, and build our values and our and our uh, ideals around those things which is clearly fraught with fucking danger right like that's the arguably yeah, the worst then, possible approach to and anything then, and then these headlines start to get curated and filtered into right these echo chambers where we are only looking at the headlines that kind of that fit into our you know our predetermined or preferred worldview so yeah it is the it is yeah, yeah way of interpreting who we are yep and so what what we are advocating for for here is not for any particular position right um, because if you want to talk about politics you know people are just as guilty on the left and the right for these echo chambers and for just sort of preferring their their ideology over the evidence. Um, mm -hmm. As good skeptics, we don't stake ourselves to claims or to positions. Um, and I say that all the time. Skeptics, uh, skeptics uh, are about the process more than the position. So to me, it doesn't matter uh, what my preferred positions are. And I, believe me, I've had to let go of a lot of things that my uh, kind of my traditionally liberal leaning um, preference or preferences would want to be true. But I have to follow the evidence wherever it leads. Um, mm -hmm. And that has caused me to reform and review uh, some of my my preferred beliefs. Um, but that is the that is one of the uh, prices of skepticism. Skepticism. You have to be prepared to follow the evidence wherever it leads. Um, so, you want to talk about ghosts, Trevor? Yeah, let's get into uh, let's get into some ghost stories. Should we bring Jesse wanna... back up? Yeah, let's or bring we... up Jesse for sure. Or... Let's dive into the ghost that I think everybody's asking about. Hey, Jesse. Oh, there's a knee. Drink a Ooh. shot. Uh, it's the spa bear. That's the spa bear and the spa bear's knee. So I think there's a there's a particular ghost that I've noticed that people have, you know, done what they do in our wonderful community and they've screenshot and created a meme out of it. And that is the hairstyle of the ghost on your particular shirt, uh, Mr. Arlo <laughs> Eisenberg. So there, can we talk a little bit about the ghosts and the history behind the ghosts that are on your shirt and what evidence is there to prove that they are real? Well, so this is interesting. So producer, we're on a one-up of me, which is cool. Hi, everybody. Hi, drug snugglers. Um, but let's take a look at the logo. Let's show the full ghost logo um, by itself so we can talk about this for a second. So for those of you that don't know, before drug receipts, um, one of my projects was Ghost Brand. And this was the logo for Ghost Brand. And even before Ghost Brand, this was the logo for another project, streetwear project that I was involved with called Franco Shade. Um, at one point, Franco Shade and I, or my partner at Franco Shade, Joe Navron, we split up and he kept on with Franco Shade and I kept on with Ghost Brand and I retained the logo here that I had, um, which was the Ghost and Knives logo. And so the origin of Ghost Brand, the reason I wanted that name, and the story is a lot like drug receipts, but you can substitute drugs for ghosts. Um, I had this fascination with ghosts, not because I believed in them, but again, because it was sort of this evidence or this example of things that so many people are uh, obsessed with or they give so much credence to, but for which there is no, not really much good evidence for. Almost half the population now believe in ghosts, believe that ghosts and spirits are real and that they, they inter, interact in our, our lives. Um, and so I'm fascinated by these things. I'm fascinated by the areas where skepticism kind of bumps up against you know, popular culture or you know, our present day realities. And so I thought, I think ghosts are cool. Um, and so I wanted to kind of, I was using that as a way to kind of explore these concepts, much the same way we use drugs now to explore these concepts and to kind of poke people and prod people in the places where they might be kind of uncomfortable or where the, um, 
where the ideas don't always match up with the evidence. Uh, so Trevor, you mentioned this shirt. This actually is not a ghost brand shirt. This is the predecessor. This is a Franco shade shirt, um, even before I left to do ghost brand, but you can see it's all ghost. And what's interesting about this shirt is you can see here, this ghost uh, right here is kind of a variation on the ghost in knives, right? This is the ghost uh, from the logo coming out and starting to be animated. But so are all these other ghosts. I was kind of experimenting with different uh, characterizations of the ghost logo. I wanted to have a character that was a ghost. And this was before we would settle on a ghost character that would become Frankie. We named it Frankie the Ghost. And Joel, and if we can show the next, uh, the ghost bomb, you'll see Frankie here riding. Uh, oh, right. So that's a show the shirt that I'm wearing. Um, just another example. Of, I, I, I guess I didn't realize I would actually be wearing the shirt tonight. So now we're just showing you two ways of looking at it. But let's go to the next one, the ghost bomb. Um, there is Frankie. So this is kind of this, this cute little stylized character of a ghost. Um, it's riding very bomb. familiar, isn't it? Yes. Anyone in the drug receipts community, especially now here on the heels of drug wars, if we, as we've just announced our first warlord, yes, the, guys, we tell you all the time that all of the, or most of the work in drug receipts is derivative and com comes from, you know, previous iterations of these ideas and these characters and these illustrations that have just been bouncing around in my catalog. So, so this is the version of it from, uh, from Ghost Brand. So roughly when was that? What year are we talking about that that, that, so, that those designs started to come through? So the shirt that I'm wearing, this is like 2007, right? The bomb is probably maybe around 2010, something like mm -hmm. that, I'm guessing, maybe 2012, something like that. But so, in, yeah, in all these cases, it would come out like over 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So there's 10 um, years of history in, in the drug receipts brand just based on that little story alone, let alone more than 20 years yeah. if you go back to Franco Shade, 20 years right. if you go back to Franco Shade. And, you know, even further back than that, if you go to Senate, right, which is 30 years ago. So, yeah, just building up this catalog of imagery, iconography, ideas, themes. So the, the, the ghost, the, the ghost writing the bomb, right, that ties into the drug wars, which we've just concluded. But now let's try and let's try and segue into where we're going, right? We'll get mm -hmm. from where we've been and now let's see where we're going. So let's look at the ghost from Ghost Brand with uh, wearing the hockey mask. <gasps> this was another release from, from Ghost Brand. Does that Did look familiar? It all makes sense. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> Time is a flat circle, just like a- So there's the character, the ghost character, Frankie short for Franco shade, but Frankie with the knife, with the hockey mask. And yes, mm -hmm. this looks familiar to our drug snugglers. This is an old ghost brand uh, graphic from over 10 years ago. And so do you believe in ghost, Jesse? I think I do. <laughs> I'm looking well, at the evidence right now. So if, uh, oh, you know what I didn't do? So if, uh, if Trevor's um, hypothesis is true, then mm -hmm. things can come back from the dead and revisit us in our lives, you know, at some time in the future. So people have wondered, you know, is Ghost Brand dead? Um, you can consider this here, Trevor, Jesse, and I, this is our seance, right? We're doing a little mm -hmm. seance here and we are summoning ghosts. Uh, and so... Let's see if we can conjure something back from the dead, something resembling 
something from our, our distant history here. But let, Joellen, let's show um, and let's tease something that's coming in our Halloween drop. Let's go! He's back, bitches. So Sorry. this is something that's going to be dropped with our Halloween collection. It is not the ghost and knives, but it is our mask and knives. And for those of you with a, a discriminating eye, um, you'll notice that the knives are changed. These are not the knives from the ghost brand collection. These are actually based on the knives that are in our drug receipts collection. Um, that is the mask from our drug receipts collection, except it's got a crack in it now. Another nod to kind of the ethos of drug receipts, right? Our cracked crowns, our cracked halos. Now we've got a cracked mask here. And this is just full of nods to previous work and to the themes running through um, our artwork going back 30 years. But the, 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 the Senate pro team 30 years ago, our pro writers, Senate was a rollerblading team, was called the kill team. So this shirt here, which says my life with the drug receipts kill team, um, which in the splatter script with the mask and knives on one sleeve, it's got kill team on the other sleeve, it's got drug receipts. Uh, for all those of you wondering if we were ever going to start making merch again, if there'd ever be ghost brand merch again, there won't be necessarily be ghost brand merch again, but the ghost of ghost lives in this creation right here in the mask and knives. This is a tribute to our legacy, to our history. And to anyone who was there for it, who's been along for the ride, who's stuck around this long, this is for you. And for anyone who's joining us just now with drug receipts, this is for you. This is straight from the drug receipts community and all the legacy and the history that comes with that. So for all of us that have been here for 30 years, for 20 years, that are just have been on board um, starting right now, this is for all of us. This is for drug smugglers and all that that means. But that's not all. But wait, there's oh, more. Wait. But wait, there's more. This is for Halloween, oh, so you got to have a place to put your candy. Um, Joellen, do we have a an image of the tote bag? Yes, so we're going to put the image. We've got the image on a tote bag. And guys... This, uh, this shirt and tote bag are available as a trait drop. So we've been teasing it, but anyone that has got the, the hockey mask, um, you are eligible for this trait drop. Uh, we are going to put out a claim form um, for the next, we will take a snapshot in 48 hours. So on uh, two nights from now, on Wednesday, October 19th at 11.59 p.m., that's when we are going to take the snapshot. That's two nights from now. That is central time. Uh, all this will be posted in the Discord for your reference and on our socials. Um, but we will take a wallet snapshot. Everybody that has got the um, the hockey mask, you are eligible to claim the this custom super limited um, uh, hockey mask trade drop. Um, guys, there will be, as we mentioned, this is... All the stuff that we build in drug receipts in, in our little slice of the ecosystem here, our personal um, exclusive drug receipts ecosystem, uh, will you will see numerous iterations of it, right? We are building our own catalog of imagery and iconic, iconography. Um, but this version of it, this colorway, this Halloween colorway, it's just for this drop. So mm -hmm. after this stuff is gone, you won't see this version of it. You won't see this color of it. You won't see the black and orange. Um, so the tote bags, the, the, uh, the, the t-shirts, um, that's just for this collection, but we have another thing. There's one more thing that I haven't shared with you. And this is not part of the trait drop, but this will be a very limited drop, um, just for Halloween. Uh, oh, those yeah. of you that have 
great. We'll get an exclusive discount to it on top of all of our drug smugglers. So again, another thing, exciting thing that's happening here before Halloween that will happen this week is we are finally launching our version, our first iteration of the drugstore. So all these things that we're showing you and more, they're going to be in the drugstore. We have got tiered token gated pricing so that anybody, you know, rollerbladers out there that want to get their hands on uh, ghost brand merchandise that haven't been able to for the last few years that want to get this, uh, this uh, hockey mask and knives drop, this Halloween drop, they're going to be able to do it in our store. Um, but if they're not drug snugglers, they are paying the retail price. All of our drug snugglers, everyone that owns a token, a drug receipts token, you will have access to token gated special pricing. And then on top of that, if you have the trait, if you have the hockey mask trait, you get even special, more special pricing um, on the hat. So you're going to get the t-shirt and the tote bag for free. We'll put out the claim forms after we do the, the, uh, the wallet snapshot. Um, and you will also get access to the limited edition hats. And these are, hats are super, super sick. Guys, we are not some Web3 project putting logos on merchandise. If you, if you thought that shirt was sick, you're fucking right. It was sick because that's what we do here. We know how to make stuff snugging ill. So now do you want to see the hat? Let's take a sneak preview of the hat. Let's look um, at the hat. We've got the hat's everybody's hat. favorite. Everybody's favorite is the hat for sure. So we are putting out a edition of this. Uh, Shut up and take my money. Of this talking Mac. And that's not all. And guys, I'm not even showing you all of it. Joel, we have another image of it here, don't we? This thing, had, this, listen, I can't help myself. I put graphics all over stuff. My life with the drug receipt tilting. So if, I mean, if you like graphics, if you like fucking custom stuff, that's what we do. Uh, it's not a logo on a hat, guys. This one is a snapback. Uh, the, if, for those of you that are asking, this is going to be a snapback hat. Um, and there is one more uh, graphic on this, another embroidery that we're not even showing you yet because we like to surprise and delight. And we are giving you a whole lot here tonight. Uh, we want to reward you for the patience that you guys have shown. But we, there is still more stuff. So, guys, uh, this is right. This is what we deliver with drug receipts. This is why we're here. This is why you are all here. Um, the competition is awesome. We have rewarded you guys for participating in uh, the drug wars. It's been fun. It's, a, it's community engagement. We've given prizes to select few participants. Um, but with this drop, right, this is the real demonstration of what drug receipts is about. This is the real value. Exclusive drops, exclusive merchandise. Oh, and we didn't mention yet, but that, that uh, ghost and knives, not ghost and knives, that mask and knives, that is going to trigger a brand new augmented reality um, animation, which we also are not sharing with you tonight. But for all for the hat, the tote bag, um, the shirts, uh, they are all going to have an augmented reality component that will be triggered by that mask and knives. So again, that's just what we do here. Um, and this Can is I just the say, beginning, another proof of concept. Can I just say, this is only a glimpse of what's inside the cap. I know everybody's thinking about and talking about what's in the cap. Here's a little <laughs> glimpse to consider this just the cap, like poking open a tiny little bit, and you're getting a, a, a keyhole look into what's coming because a micro dose of shit. the cap. Yeah, holy shit. When you find out what's in that cap, it's going to blow your mind. Guys, with each with each release, right? It's just we are adding layers upon layers of value for you. 
first of all, we're giving it away, right? So there are constant, there are constantly going to be trait drops, right? We are coming up with stuff based around traits for our for our community, right? For our token holders. So just by holding on to it already, you've got access to exclusive stuff for free. But then for everybody else, just by having a token, you're going to get first access to exclusive fire drops from the premier brand in Web3 that people are going to be, this is coveted stuff that people are going to be um, trying to get access to that you guys all have first dibs at. And then on top of that, there's tiered and layered access where you guys are going to be getting discounts on top of discounts. What you don't get for free, you get for discount. What you don't get for a discount, you get for a better discount. I mean, it's just layers on top of layers of value. Um, also, they're going to be uh, not for this drop, for, but for future drops, just like the hoodie, there's going to be Web3 components uh, added to it, right? Um, and we've already mentioned that there's going to be augmented reality. So this is just fire stuff that people are going to be talking about, that people are going to want. And you guys, just by being a part of the community, um, have first exclusive access to it. Uh, it's just, it's super sick. Yeah, drug receipts. We're bringing Web3 to streetwear. That's what's but wait, happening. there's more. <laughs> Nice, LB. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super sick. So without dropping too much alpha, because I feel like we're just dropping alpha left, right, and center right now. But without dropping too much more alpha, you probably heard through all of this conversation that you will be able to buy this stuff online, which precipitates an announcement that will be coming very, very soon that the drugstore will be opening for your financially draining, closet renovating, culturally significant barbecue dress wear that you can get grab as much of as you want will be available to all of you beautiful snugglers very, very, very soon. I'm so excited! Oh my God. Oh my God. Drink, have a drink. Have a drink. Two drinks. Yeah, it, guys, it's super awesome, and we're so excited to be able to share it with you. Um, and you know, we've we've been teasing it for a while. The the drug wars has been such an all-consuming right uh, experience. It, it's gotten so much of our attention. It's got, it's captured so much of the brand's attention, but it also has attracted new eyeballs to the brand. And so it's so exciting to be able to introduce something like this. As everybody's looking at the brand, we're not just drug wars, right? This is really the promise of what drug receipts is. And so to be able to deliver on that promise continually, continually and to demonstrate to people what it actually means, it's more than just a promise. It is fire. Uh, it is real fire gear that you can look at and that you'll be wearing within, you know, a matter of weeks. Um, and the fact that, you know, the fact that we get to share, share it with our drug snugglers, with our community, just makes it all the more special and makes it all worth it. So, so thanks to you guys, to the drug snugglers, um, for all that you mean to the community. None of this is possible without you. Drug Wars is a community-generated project. We, you know, we just sit back and wait for you guys to create propaganda, to build your teams, to, to pump your lore, to get out there and hustle for votes. So in every way, this is about you guys. And y'all are the ones that have brought the eyeballs to the project. So you know, we do it together, right? Together we, uh, together we are going to make it. So mm -hmm. let's go, guys. Drug drug let's wars. Go. Let's fucking go. It's happening, guys. It's happening. Everything is happening all the time, always. Even when we're sitting back and watching you guys and waiting for y'all to make propaganda, we're behind the scenes thinking of, okay, what's going to be the art direction for this next drop? 
well, you know, we have an entire generation of people that are waiting to see something like this again. And then there's, we got to balance this for the world of web three. And then we got to, it's dude, we're always working. We're always working. This is so, where it really begins. You're hundred percent right, Jesse, because we've all decided and, it, and it's not something we've kept secret, right? This is not going to be as earth shattering news to anyone, but we've decided that Halloween is our event for the year, right? Halloween is, is, Drug receipts, con, or whatever you want to call it, we'll give it a name at some point, or maybe the community will, but it's our event for the year. So we talked a little bit, or Arlo mentioned that there's going to be an AR experience to go with the Halloween drop. So you need to get your freaking hands on your drop. So you've still got time on the secondary to buy yourself a mask receipt. Uh, if you can't and get good one, luck. you good luck. need there's to not many out there stalk somebody, make massive weth offers, whatever you've got to do to grab one because it's a limited edition run, complete with AR experience, which should be live when you attend our party in fucking Dallas that is being thrown by oh. Paradise and is going to be oh in the God. front fucking cover of Rolling Stone. Jesse, tell us all about ah! this deal. Well, well, you know, we already were in Rolling Stone. <laughs> but um, no, thank you, Trevor, for that intro. Yeah, guys, so... I explained this on one of my spaces or one of the, the party space last week that I have been really balancing a tricky uh, life where I have a very public persona that throws parties for the community IRL in Dallas that I have cultivated and really respected for a really long time. So in the last year and a half, I started this party series called Paradise. And so far, it's been pretty damn good. And then one day, Arlo calls me up and he's like, hey, uh, you're doing really well with that. Do you want to, like, start Trigger Seeds with me and Brooke and whatever comes our way? And I was like, yeah, sure. So, you know, as you guys know, Web3 has been – it takes a lot of your time. It's pretty crazy. It's moving constantly. But what was always important for me is that Paradise um, stay um, – how do I say this, was consistent and kept going. So I've lived in sort of like a wedge between two universes where I've been in the Web3 metaverse and I've been um, still trying to keep up public uh, appearances and responsibilities of, of throwing the party and fostering this environment. So now this month is really exciting because I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. Um, I love drug receipts, obviously, and we have such a big, you know, stake in Halloween to where I was like, well, why not we throw a party and make it make sense? So not only uh, are we throwing a party and it's, you know, going to be great and whatever, but what's really special about this is that it's a Halloween roller skate party. So if you have your special gray skates, if you have your merch, if you have an imagination, um, if you can travel to Dallas, Texas on October 30th, um, you can come attend the party. And uh, yeah, I'm going to premiere the first look of the flyer officially. If Joellen, do you mind bringing up the roller boogie flyer, please? We can dissect this. This is your. There we go. There it Ooh. is. Rad. So, so rad. This is <laughs> this is a really cool flyer that was designed by a really talented artist named Michelle Spearman. And she absolutely killed it. 
Uh, she mm -hmm. does this like 80s style airbrush art. Um, so, you know, I live in Arlo's world all the time where Arlo is my creative dictator. But I was like, Arlo, if we throw a party with you, you have to let me and the team take over a creative direction. So this is a really cool flyer because um, as you can see, you can see from the right side, you have the drug receipts logo that's super drippy and bloody and <laughs> yet to be uh, a, a controversial piece, I should, I should say. But um, uh, Joel, and if, can we go written. to the next file? Oh, what was that, Trevor? As I said, it's interesting what's written immediately above the logo there. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's Drug Receipts Presents Paradise at Roller Boogie. <laughs> um, and below are the details. <laughs> but if you look at it, you can see the letters kind of trail off like it's woo, yeah, it's cool. Like it's haunted. Um, this is also our very first like violent, <laughs> controversial flyer that we've done. Well, our, probably our second. But um, yeah, so on this slide, guys, you can see I, I zoomed in on a couple of things here because there is some alpha, right? If you can, um, I'm gonna just show you. So for the laces and the wheels, originally they were a different color. They were actually red and turquoise. And I was like, nope, that's not gonna work. So what we did was I sent the artist the color palette from um, Arlo's, um, uh, I think he created this like deck uh, with all the you know uh, designs for this upcoming, thing and maybe what's in the cap. And I took some of those color schemes and I had her apply the orange that is in the uh, Jason mask shirt that you just saw and the yellow that is in our branded colors. Um, and so I zoomed in too on the logo again, just cause I thought, gosh, the Juggersies logo looks so good like that. <laughs> like this like it's super, dope, yeah drippy, gnarly, bloody thing. And then of it's course, <laughs> there's actually an homage to Trevor in a weird way uh, in the details. So I was inspired by the Timberland boots mm -hmm. um, and how they have the little insignia on like the bottom heel. And because Arlo has mentioned that he loves graphics, he loves putting graphics on everything. I am quite the opposite. And I like things that are a little bit more uh, quiet and subdued. So I uh, I put part of some of the motifs that are on the upcoming um, drop that you guys just saw, but it might also be alluding to something else that you guys are just going to have to find out. <laughs> Ooh, but wait, there's more. We've become the uh, the, the free steak knives of the of the metaverse, right? <laughs> right. We just keep giving. I think it's because we had been so pent up for so long, wanting to deliver, and then drug wars just became the almighty kind of thing that it became. And so now we're kind of just getting it all out of our system. Like here, have this, and have this. And... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um... <laughs> No, so one thing how I, do you get I, into your party, Jesse? If you're a drug snuggler, what what is the deal? Um, well, if you're a drug receipts holder, um, you can drink for free, as <gasps> I've had at previous parties. Um, but if you're a Jason, well, 
I don't know. Did we get, we did we get a drug snuggler wristband? Yes, you should get a drug snuggler wristband. And because oh, yeah. it's a ticketed event for the public, if you are a drug receipt holder and if you hold the mask trait, or you know what? Fine. If you're just a drug receipt holder and you come to the party, you'll be taken care of. I'll just put you'll it out. You'll be taken care of. That's enough. That is, that is the problem. Fucking treat. It's going to be treat all night for you. That's right. And if you're not a drug receipt holder, it's trick or not for you. You get kicked out and you're not allowed in. No. And you have to buy a ticket. <laughs> you have to buy a ticket. So How it's, do we prove we're a drug to... receipt holder? Oh, we do, do it. Show, we, show we, wallet we at the door? Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to validate we can, we can maybe show a wallet at the door or we'll create some, another token-gated form where people can or fill RSVP. it out with, with their information. And mm -hmm. then at the party, you know, you have this nice little guest list that has – uh, current information, and you should be good good to go. Yeah, they're still building yeah. out ways of how you know we're going to use NFTs to create a more ticketed system. But until we develop that a little bit further, and when I say we, I mean this industry as a whole, or maybe shit, it might even be just us that does it. Um, is that, that is kind of the, the method? Awesome, is super sick, Jesse. Can't wait for that. That sounds so radical. We'll and, definitely be there. Uh, I have to also. Uh, shout out to the Auckland contingent. If you can get oh, yeah. yourself to Auckland, we're doing it on the 29th because it's a Saturday and we like to party on Saturdays, not Sundays. Uh, so if you can get your ass to Auckland, uh, keep your eye on the Discord and in general, if you're following any kind of social media relating to us, you will get the details of where that is, but keep the 29th of uh, the month, October we're in. That's right, 29th of October, Clear in your diary, get your costume ready. It's going to be a Halloween-themed event. If you aren't dressed in Halloween attire, you will look stupid. You'll be still allowed in, but you will be the only person in there that isn't. So you'll just look ridiculous. So don't look you'll ridiculous. You'll be allowed in, but everybody will make fun of you. We'll shame you. We're not giving a 1000 bucks. That's going on the bar. No one person will get a $1,000 at this party. Everybody will drink their share of it. <clears throat> That's awesome. Oh. So great news. So, so uh, Halloween is, we are claiming Halloween as the drug receipts holiday. Every year, more and more, you can expect us to really celebrate uh, and make a big deal about Halloween. It is the most on-brand holiday and really speaks to a lot of, you know, our core values and a lot of our history. So love it. Um, Jesse, that's awesome. Trevor, it's awesome. Can't wait. Uh, we're going to wrap it up now, guys. Thank you so much. Um, thanks to, and congratulations to the Nicely's, the Nicely household for winning Drug Wars. Thanks to all of you that participated and voted. Remember, we've got the boss battle or the battle of the bosses going on. It's going on right now. So get in there and vote. You can, you're still eligible to win a fluff in the fluff lottery. Um, follow our socials, uh, subscribe and like us on uh, YouTube. Um, and uh, guys, I'm going to finish on a one more skeptical note just to tie it all together. But earlier I mentioned um, Brian Dunning and Skeptoid, which is a great skeptical resource. He has a lot of audio content that you can look up. But another titan of skepticism, another hero of mine is a guy named uh, Stephen Novella. Um, he is uh, he is a, uh, a, a neurologist. He uh, has a blog. Um, where he covers skeptical, um, skeptical themes called Neurologica. He's got a science-based um, medical site, which is a great reference called Science-Based Medicine. He is one of the hosts of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. But I'm going to finish off with a quote from him. 
um, that speaks to the value and the importance of skepticism and a lot of the themes that we've discussed here today. But he says, this is Stephen Novella, he says, the scientifically illiterate risk throwing away time, money, and emotions invested in false hopes, right? And so this speaks to all of us. Uh, for those of you that, you know, for those that say that, you know, what are the consequences? So what I want to believe in ghosts or so what if, you know, you know, if I, if I want to take natural uh, medicines, um, we risk throwing away uh, time, money, and emotions when we invest in false hopes. Stephen Novella goes on to say that we are the products of evolution. And if we don't recognize these pitfalls, we will make the same cognitive errors over and over again. We live in a democracy, and with that comes the responsibility to analyze and act upon huge amounts of information. But we haven't been given the tools to make those decisions. So if nothing else, in some small way, what we are trying to do here with drug receipts is to give you those tools. So we can never be accused of not having those tools again, and so that we don't have to throw away our time, money, and emotions investing in false hopes. So on that note, thank you all, drug snugglers. We love you a lot. This is so much fun. This has been a really exciting episode. Can't wait to see you at the uh, Halloween parties. Can't wait to see you in the Discord. Can't wait to get those claim forms out. We'll see you in the Discord. Have another drink on us. All right. You got the knees, the nipples. Let's go. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. everybody.